0: This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. The corruption
1: has moved in view of my eyesight
2: Hold up, wait a minute, stop me right The corruption
0: has moved in view of my eyesight Uh, look, and as I lay me, as I lay me down down the rest, I lay my sword. my lady lays upon my chest, it's been a crazy war, the devil's banging on my door, my dear, my dear, my dear, I hear the shots ring, lay on the floor, I don't fear anyone but the maker, cause we could never murder hate, but can murder a hater, what's a more American way than trying to give them a taste of their own medicine, prevalent, ethnic, rebels, the revolution of melanin, bust the move to the ghetto, we must improve the development, brought some food for the fellowship, got the noose on my brethren, call the goons in the government, come correct the corruption, break the racial construction, building up, in the spirit, Deliberation, give me life, or i take it. That's my human right. University, you and I, we could be unified. But
2: when you speak in truth beyond your youth, they want you euthanized. Creeping through the night, you something moving, right? When you speak in truth beyond your youth, they want you euthanized. That boy J I D be spitting. Monster. Huh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 145 of this week in culture. I am your host, Antwood, aka Trinidad, and aka Ant Hampton Jr. And I got my dog with me, J. Hey, what up, though?
0: What up, though? Shaman J. Johnson, a.k.a. Dr. Jumar Johnson, a.k.a. one calf of the culture, was popping.
2: And this week in culture, we bring to you the highly anticipated, we've been waiting on it for like a year, review of Judas and the Black Messiah, man. We gonna get right into it. We not gonna hold y'all up. Salute to all the listeners, all the supporters, everybody who've been hitting us saying, yo, we can't wait to hear that review. Well, we are here live in the studio ready to get that to y'all, man. Um, Before we get started... In the review part of things, let's just how you feel about the movie, dog. Man,
0: I tell you what, man. I tell you what. <laughs> I woke up on a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday I got a little bit of later schedule. Work twelve to nine. I watched this movie before work. <laughs> May not have been the best idea. Work. I watched it at night. Boy, went the work, <laughs> man. <mesh. laughs> I logged on the. I logged on the teams. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like what's poppin', y'all? Man, uh, man. I, I I love this movie, man. I watched it three. I watched it two and a half times. Yeah. Um. I I caught
2: it three times myself. The first two were on screenings, and um. I I told you uh, after the first screening, I was like, man, I can't wait till it comes out so I could turn the captions on because I couldn't tell if it was the speed that Daniel Kaluuya was talking in Fred Hampton's, you know, accent or if it was just the audio kind of distortion a little bit coming from probably highly viewed virtual screenings and then showing them on my TV, like flipping them from the computer to, you know, to air whatever air playing them on the tv it was definitely the audio because
0: you know i heard uh i saw somebody say that online yeah. i didn't have any issues
2: so it was the audio watching the screening night just i don't know if
0: they saw a screen or not yeah. but i i've I seen that before and I, I don't for
2: me it was the, because it it felt slightly sped up like i know that i've, I've listened to fred hampton speeches before i know that he talks fast in general um but you can understand his cadence, and I was like, "Damn!" Like did Daniel Kaluuya kind of OD. No, it was just the audio distortion. I, was, I think
0: there was one scene where I didn't necessarily, well, well, Fred's back was to the camera, yeah, but I yeah. can tell it was the the sync was off just a little bit. Got you. In one scene,
2: got you. But no, uh, watching it the third time on HBO Max, where it's available right now for the next. 30 days I believe so if y'all want to watch it you got about a month to get into it please get into it I employ you to or implore you to watch it watch it with your families watch it with your children if you have them explain the movie to them like explain the importance of Fred Hampton and the importance of this story but damn this was a good movie to me man I really appreciated it um I know there are some people I've, I've heard a couple people say they weren't fans for various reasons. I didn't necessarily agree with them, but I want to talk through some of the stuff that I heard and, and maybe see if we can uh, at least get folks' point of views out there. But, um, dog, this was, uh, this shit was powerful, man. This was a really powerful film, dog. The performances, the script, the setting, like, this shit was dope, bro.
0: It was. Um, this was a really good movie. Um, I think damn near every single person in this movie pulled off like a flawless uh, Mm -hmm. um, performance. Performance, Yeah, And I mean it was just pieces of the movie where I I just thought was like really really good. Um, One thing going into it because I I went down the the Fred Hampton rabbit hole a few years back. Man, So easy to
2: go down too.
0: Probably about 10 years ago and I came across the book The Assassination of Fred Hampton. Yeah, and you know, written by, by uh, what's that? Jacob Haas, something Haas. Pardon me for not knowing his name offhand, but yeah. And I went through the, the the pictures and all this stuff, and I didn't like forget, but because I've go through so much stuff, it was Jeffrey in the, Haas. Pardon me. There we go. It was like in the back of my 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 Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I went back and was doing research for this one, it it brought up. I, I saw yeah a lot of this yeah. stuff again. <laughs> Um, a
2: lot of the details in the movie were, like, I could appreciate because I've, I've also read um, a lot of excerpts. I never read the book straight through, but I read a lot of excerpts from the assassination of Fred Hampton. And there were, like, details in there, little stuff like the cop, when they killed Fred Hampton, some of the stuff the cops said when they walked out that they said to his girl that they said about him once they shot him. That was stuff that was included in police report. This was stuff that was in the book. It was, like...
0: Well, this was stuff that... um.
2: Shit, accounts of his, people who heard this shit.
0: Um, his, his 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 queen that he left mm-hmm, behind mm-hmm. literally said out of our, that I watched her say out of yeah. her mouth, um, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah, then,
2: yeah. He gives you first person accounts from when he met her at the police station in the book.
0: Um, the one thing though, like when I initially got up on Fred Hampton, yeah, I mean you would hear the name, but you when I actually did when I looked at and Daniel Kaluuya said this in one of his interviews, and I was like, man, I had this exact same feeling, is when you go to wikipedia whatever and you look at you know the born and then the death date Mm -hmm. and i was like yo this gotta be this gotta be it's something different man." no this gotta be wrong because he couldn't it doesn't make sense that he'll be 21 21 years old old. and then pictures you know niggas just look a lot older yeah
2: Uh, yeah back in that era yeah
0: i think it was the stress yeah of of whitey
2: i could imagine because three years before that you was a high school senior bro I'm talking about in
0: general. Yeah. Like coming if I think if you was born pre eighty <laughs> two, like J- Jim you Crow just, era birth. You, everybody just looks civil rights
2: era birth. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Another thing was Bill O'Neill, mm. seventeen years old when he mm-hmm. got arrested by the police. Yeah, that
2: shocked my girl when I told her because we were talking about it after we watched it again today, and she didn't realize. Even after watching it a couple times, she didn't realize he was seventeen years old when they first came to him and arrested him and told him, "Yo, you can go to jail, or you could be an informant. What you're trying to do?"
0: And what's interesting is because you know Daniel Kalu is thirty two years old in real life, mm-hmm. and Lakeef Stanfield's twenty nine years old in real life, and we just Watching this movie, you, we watched it as if these were grown men. Yeah. Uh, mentally, Fred was clearly well above his age. Facts. But these was children. Yeah. And just about everybody in that, like um, uh, Jake was like 19 years old. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, these but is when you kids. go into
2: the story of the Black Panthers in general and you talk about, uh, what was it, Lil Bobby Hutton? Yeah. Um, that was a kid. All these guys were kids. These, a, were, these yeah. were children. The only real, for real adults was Bobby Seale and Huey P. And Bobby Seale was later or, on. Huey P was in his 20s. Bobby Seale was 30. But everybody involved in this for the most part was early 20s. Like, I think when they started the Panthers, Huey P was like 23, 24. Like, think about that, bro. Where you were at at 23, 24 years old.
0: Man, we so, I think we just got it made. We're not built like that no more. We're spoiled. Tupac was 25 years old.
2: Facts. I'm glad you brought that up because when I was having a convo earlier, I brought up Big and Pac. And I brought them up specifically in relation to Fred Hampton because I said, yo, they had a very small window to give you their greatness. They were so great. They barely had time to fuck up. And like, we don't know what they might have done had they continued on. We might have seen more greatness. We might have seen them blow it. You don't know, but they had a window of a couple of years.
0: <laughs> I had the same conversation with somebody sitting in that same seat on yeah. Saturday. Actually, uh, younger cats. One of them's twenty five. Other one one's twenty two. Mm. And one of them was like, "Y'all, I'm not really in the pocket, whatever." And I'm yeah. like, "Well, y'all, I mean, y'all missed a different era. You grew up in an era where you wasn't around. Yeah. But you got to think about the greatness of it. Where like everything that people know Tupac from was between for like three years. Facts." He had a three-year window.
2: Big had like a year and a half, two-year window. That was their window, dog. And
0: they didn't it, have nothing. And else. it's 25 years. The Saturday was like the 25-year anniversary of... of, of, of pop. Uh, um
2: Or uh, Life After Death. Life After Death.
0: No. Uh, um, or,
2: no. God damn it. Um, all eyes on all me. All eyes on me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Uh, My bad.
0: Though there is another B.I.G. document hitting Netflix...
2: Yeah, I've seen Um, that. I seen that. Which I don't know if it's necessary, but again, I'm gonna watch it because I want to know if y'all are telling me something new or not. Yeah. I do want to know that. But to that point, man, Fred Hampton, when you look at him and you look at because when we get into the film, you know how we do. We're not just talking a movie. We're talking about real life. We're having convos up here. Everybody, and I'm gonna say this point early and we can expound on it in convo later, but everybody on this planet, everybody black specifically, at one point or another had a chance to either be Fred Hampton or Bill O'Neill. And what I mean by that is both of them are from Maywood, Illinois. They from the same neighborhood. They from the same streets, had the same disadvantages and the same opportunities. But their survival tactics was different. And that's what I want to talk about is how people chose to survive. Because all they... Like, niggas, it's easy to be like, yo, Bill O'Neal's a snitch. Like, he a snitch, won't fuck with him. A couple of the people who I talked to who said they didn't like the movie went into it not liking it because they was like, yo, why do I want to see a whole two-hour movie about a snitch? And I'm like, nigga, you could have been Bill O'Neill, Because when you were 17, if the feds rolled up on you, talking about you can either do some fed time or you can go... Help us do this thing. You might have went and did that other thing, dog. Y'all niggas don't know if you Bill O'Neill or Fred Hampton because your life wasn't challenged at 17, dog. Y'all had a chance to get through whatever the fuck you was going through at 17. But Bill O'Neill and Fred Hampton come from the same hood. These ain't two completely different niggas. They just had different survival tactics. Fred survived for the people. Bill tried to survive for himself. Ultimately, that shit ate him up, dog. That selfishness will kill you, nigga selflessness you'll live forever dog it's people I know who didn't know either one of these stories though
0: what do you think this movie was about I think this movie was or the story was about because one of my homies uh, I respect him his opinion he said um, this is his quote they said we tied a slave movie so they Mm -hmm. give us a story about Fred Hampton's death rather than his life Mm. this is the story they decided to tell first no other proper Black Panther film has been made but the story of an informant is most important. Mm. Three question marks. Uh, Who did you feel that this story was about? I felt it was primarily
2: about Bill O'Neill. Did you? I did, but I didn't feel like it wasn't About Fred Hampton. Like, I feel like, if anything, this is probably the only telling of Fred Hampton's story that didn't vilify him, dog. And make him, or not even vilify, it didn't make him seem angry. He didn't seem over aggressive. Like, yo, for the first time, I saw Fred Hampton humanized in a way that I hadn't seen, dog. Like, yeah, sure. He was still charismatic. He was giving these, like, riveting speeches and all that. But, dog, we saw Fred Hampton smiling and flirting with his girl and talking about having his child and bringing life into this world. And, and it was just like, it made Fred, Fred Hampton look like Fred Hampton, a man, and not just a martyr. That's what I looked at this and saw. So, yeah, I think it was mostly about Bill O'Neill. Why do you think that, though? Just because it was more camera time. You think so? Lakeith was on the screen more. It was slight. It wasn't so much of a of a disparity, but... It it focused more on, but even then, kind of going to my very few critiques at a film, whether you thought it was about Bill O'Neill or Fred Hampton, I feel like both of them could have got a little bit more of a backstory. Just a little bit more. I would have liked to learn, if it was going to be more about Fred, Bet, tell me a little bit more about Fred coming into, because we were shown Fred right in his power. And again, when we're talking about, Fred had a three-year window, really two-year window. He ain't joined the Panthers till 67. So he had a very small window, and it was like we came in, essentially at the height of what he was doing. This movie was about a year. Yeah, yeah. You know and what I'm saying? Came, so yeah. halfway through. So, yeah, we came in halfway through. So it's like, yeah, I would have, me, as a someone who knows enough about Fred Hampton that I feel comfortable going over his story again, I would have loved to have seen some of the other shit depicted, but I ain't mad.
0: But I didn't think this movie, well, if you even look at all the, the advertising, it's both of them on there. Yeah, yeah, facts. It's like a almost like a tale of two cities type shit. Like, yo, at the same time this is happening. Yeah. This is happening. This over here happening. Um now they kinda mentioned that like the best way that we can get uh Fred Hampton information is we kinda like backdoor it through the telling of, of Bill O'Neill. Of Bill yeah. O'Neill or whatnot. But like I think that's an important story to tell as well. I
2: do as well. Again, to your point of it being sort of a tale of two cities, fam, they're from the same place. And they were two completely different men. That's a strong telling in itself. Like, if I'm looking at a 17-year-old from Maywood, Illinois, and an 18-year-old from Maywood, Illinois, and their lives over the three years from 66 to 69, essentially, I want to see the two of them split that screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I,
0: it's, mean, it's, I mean, I, they, I'm not mad the name, at Bill O'Neill's story. The bro. same neighborhood and all that yeah. shit, which is important. But, like, I kind of, like, what well, there was... Clearly, we not from Chicago. Facts, but we got affinity for our Chicago uh, brothers. Facts. You know what, I'm I'm saying? Some West shit. what up, dog? Uh, and we, a lot of our content is generally yeah. <laughs> based around Chicago. But I think they did a for so people think of the Black Panthers and think of Huey Newton and, and, and Bobby Seale and, and, and like, that's it. And that's it. Like, fam, there was a Black Panther party in damn near every city. Facts facts. Multiple in, in in Illinois. Yeah. Um, Like, there was a, a small the one individual, like, when you think Black Panthers, you can't think one thing. But
2: you know what, though? When people think Black Panthers, kind of how we just had that reaction, like, yo, Fred O'Neill was 17 when the FBI had him become an informant. Uh, um, Fred Hampton was 21 when he was murdered, assassinated. People think Black Panthers and think that this was like, this story being told was like, Twenty years old by the time Fred Hampton joined. Fam, Black Panther started three years prior
0: in Oakland. <laughs> like, what I think is important is like this story told what was going on in the Chicago chapter mm-hmm. of the Black Panther mm-hmm. because via the media and via the newspaper they were painted a different way. Yeah. So while someone might say like, well, why why this story? I like, yeah. it's very important to the people who live in Chicago facts um, to get the story straight. That there was not a, a shootout um, at, at that the at the time. Yeah. And like, so we'll get through that in the movie, but like it's very important that you understand that yes, this was about Fred Hampton. And this was also about the Black Panther Party in Chicago. Um, it was also about how not just the free lunch program, mm-hmm. but how he was literally uniting the people together for yeah. a rainbow coalition.
2: Man motherfuckers don't even put together, yes, yeah, same Rainbow Coalition we talking about when we talking about Jesse Jackson. Fuck That's, yeah, Jesse Jackson. That started here, though. It started here. What he turned
0: it into. Well, see, this is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, nigga, I'm trying to go. I'm going to the streets. All them gangs that niggas talk about in Chicago right mm-hmm. now, and the reason that they are right now, the, so dick's functional, is because all their leaders were snatched up off the streets so, and they went in disarray. I'm glad you just said that because that's the
2: other thing I think this movie was about leadership. The lack thereof is the reason that not just organizations like the Black Panthers, but if we move it all the way up to right now, and I hate that this is an organization or that they turn it into an organization, but something like Black Lives Matter, the reason that these things can't become what they ultimately or don't become what they ultimately could is because that leadership, every time somebody's there, somebody's strong, somebody who could do it, they motivate and they get the people going, they get them moving. Nigga, they get killed or they got to leave. Fam, in three years, not even in three years, by 67, a year later, Huey Newton was already in jail. A year after this shit started.
0: Well, see, and and so this is why. And so I thought the leadership was cool in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, because the leaders of the, what was they called the, the the crowns the
2: crowns who were the um they
0: were supposed to be fuck not the stones. Well, they talked about a bunch of different yeah, like but all their leadership was good and they ultimately got pulled in together. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I thought was interesting was, and Fred kind of it kind of talked about in this movie and after the fact, during interviews and different things I was watching from the actual people. Yeah. Like, we built this system so if the one person is gone, the system doesn't fall apart. It can keep going. Like when Fred said, like, nigga, is this about me or this is about the the, the movement, right?
2: right He literally goes, yo, y'all spending all this time talking about getting me to Algiers or Cuba. Y'all need to be talking about building this medical center.
0: Well, one of the issues that we have people have mm-hmm. is always looking for a leader mm-hmm. and not looking for a system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if you're looking for one individual person to lead everything, no fam, let's get the system in place. Once the system is, I can move this person away. It's like the gov- our government, like every four years mm-hmm. we can pull, we can slide another nigga in place. I know y'all think things change dr- drastically, but they don't. That's yeah. not how to... Yeah, w- the
2: system is the system.
0: The system is the system. All we're looking for is a face. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like us to take a look at certain things and stop looking for the emotional leader per se, um, but look at the system. Well, if that's Good. gonna be the leader or whomever, fine. Let's get, that's, let's crawl around, let's see if the system works, put that system in place, and then work the system no matter what. But you know what? So I was actually having this exact same conversation
2: earlier today, and the the combo was similar. I wish we could create a system or just create, you know, these, these bylaws and tenets and things that we live by as black people and go off that and not have to wait around on leadership and somebody to come tell you. In, it, Detroit. in theory, I get that and I agree with it, but here's why I think that's hard and damn near impossible to do. Because even if we had a system that we all abided by, somebody, just by nature of fucking being a human, somebody going to raise their hand and say, I'm following this system better than everybody else.
0: That's cool, but, tomorrow, but tomorrow we still going to be out here and we still going to put this fucking food out here for these kids. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what, whatever happened. And tomorrow, what we still going to do is go patrol the streets with the police officers. Mm-hmm. Like y'all can argue and y'all little meetings and everything, but the actual action is it. Mm-hmm. So when you look at new era Detroit, who've been running around here for a while for now, a long time. and they, 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 stuck their heads tall through any kind of negative press they got. Mm-hmm. And they didn't branched out across the world. Mm-hmm. Like in literally there's a new era Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's a new era, uh, in the West coast, uh, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Africa I mean in different countries in Africa like this is a real thing so it'd be interesting to me where you would be like you can look back at things like man if I grew up in the era where we had a a Black Panthers or we had this Mm -hmm. or we had that I'd do this well when you actually have those here Mm -hmm. specifically in the city and they go on the weekends and they they hand out food and they do all the other things they bail each other out like the, 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 the actual work that goes through like it's here right now but and the so, system is in place if you care enough to work the system. But
2: see, all right, so I'm gonna ask you two questions. First one, why do you think as as major as New Era Detroit has been, um, not just here in the city, but like you said, branching out and taking those systems across the world, why do you think they haven't gotten the notoriety to the point where people don't like here in the city where people can stop saying yo i wish we had uh and because it's one right here in it, the backyard
0: because it's all taught mm. from people who say i wish they had it's mm. not real mm-hmm. because whether you respect them people that's from your city other people across the country do yeah and they and they love when they come out of town and they, and they set up shop and they do stuff yeah. like the work is here it's easy for you to be a victim because if you, as long as you're a victim, you don't got no responsibility. Oh, I'm the reason. I'm, I'm this way because you know that goddamn white man. You know what I'm saying? The goddamn white man oh, held man. me back. Alright, well now you're the victim and now you can blame something else. But like, when it's time for us to stand up and actually put your money where man. your mouth is, I'd rather
2: just be the victim. But that's why I brought up Fred Hampton and, and um, Bill O'Neill being from the same place because again, it's easy to be like, damn the feds made me do that no they didn't feds couldn't make you do shit nigga you was committing crime your actions and the shit you was doing the way you was living put you in their lap period that's how you got over there you was not know all the niggas not committing the crimes you was doing weren't sitting in the feds office they might have got arrested on some bullshit down at the county But they wasn't sitting with the feds, nigga. You was wilding, and it put you over there. The choices you could be from the same city. We from the same city as New Era Detroit, yet it's people in the city who would tell you, damn, I wish somebody would get together and put a group together. No, we all from here. Why you don't know about them or why you don't acknowledge them or why you don't support them? Why you not down there volunteering with them or promoting they shit or helping do something,
0: nigga? Promotion don't cost you nothing. How come when they went up to Greenfield Plaza because the owner of that place is, is racist called, as fuck, called him a nigga to his face? Y'all want to? Cause this this past weekend that, that old clip came out mm-hmm. and I, I maybe this is me because once this came out and everybody talking about man, I wish we had something and I'm yeah. just. I don't want to start the conversation like, well, you got him right now, but you're just not looking. And that clip came up, and you got people in there arguing like, no, Mr. Whoever, that man down there, he a good man. He do this business. Quick to defend that
2: nigga. Quick to defend (laughs) him. Racist (laughs) as hell. Quick to defend him. Come on, man. So they can go up in that bitch and get a little fake ass chain. Go up in that bitch and get a little cheap ass tattoo. Like, we know what niggas is doing. But that's the thing, kind of, again, on the Fred or the Bill O'Neill side of things, if they offer you something... If they giving you something you think you need or something you think you want, they not that bad. Bill O'Neill told him, "Yo, Agent Mitchell, I looked up to him. He was like a role model." That was how he felt in real life. His uncle said that. He really looked up to the agent that he was working with.
0: He was like a role model to him. You know what? I don't believe shit Bill O'Neill say. I really don't. Uh and not because like I don't think he believe anything that he say. I watch I I Right, let's get let's get into this shit. Bro.
2: Well, before we even get into the film, dog, you knew what you was getting into off the title, bro. Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, come on, bro.
0: Black Messiah. And I think because Fred Hampton was in it, everybody just called it the Fred Hampton movie. Mm-hmm. And this, the, no, the story no. was about somebody. A Judas? Is he Judas? Man, like,
2: I see right through you, Judas. Judas one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus Christ like off top to understand to be a disciple of Jesus Christ one of the original 12 these were the first teachers of the word of Christ (laughs) like looking at Bill O'Neill and calling him Judas ain't just saying like yo he was a traitor he betrayed fam no you were in deep with this person you were one of the like literally one of the leaders spreading this gospel, dog.
0: I wonder how how much um, Bill O'Neill was
2: involved or how deep was he in? So I went back in the Chicago Reader um, online newspaper. Now, I don't know if they still do print, but they have a lot of articles from the 80s, early 90s, talking about Fred Hampton, Bill O'Neill, Bill O'Neill suicide, all of that. And in a few of those articles I read, they said that, Bill O'Neill joined the ranks and like kind of quickly got in there. They was like, he was charismatic. He gained Fred's trust almost immediately. They was like, he came in and sort of did what we heard Fred did when he joined the Panthers or got recruited. Like, yo, he came in and instantly hit the ground running. That's what some of these articles made it sound like Bill O'Neill did. So I'm like, you went in there and granted, it's times in the movies where, or in the movie where it looks like he doing that. And then it's other times where it looked like. They not really fully fucking with him, so yeah. it's kind of hard to
0: gauge. But it was interesting because, like, even in the movie, he said yeah. they made him security captain. Mm-hmm. Fred was away when they mm-hmm. did that, by the mm-hmm. way, um, because he can install certain like oh, arms. Y'all, y'all, y'all and kids. And yeah, yeah, y'all don't know. They don't know everything. COINTELPRO pro ain't it. Mm-mm. Like we worried about local police. We didn't yeah. know that this was a thing yet. Right. Facts. Facts. Um, I was watching or reading the interview. Um, I forget the gentleman's name but he was one of uh, Fred's uh, right hand men he grew up with uh-huh. um, but he was in prison at the time and he was just like uh, I think he got out like two months after everything happened. Okay. And he was like of course he said he wished he was there. Yeah. um, If he was there that night you know, you know he would like to think that things would have been differently. Yeah. He'd been able to watch different shit and he had a question was the question he wanted to know was who drugged Fred Hampton? Mm. Because Bill O'Neill, it wasn't Bill O'Neill. That was for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill wasn't there that night. Like he didn't come. He didn't go into the building or nothing like that. He wasn't there that night. So the, no one. He he said, "I know I'm never going to get the answer to this question, but who drugged him?" Mm-hmm. Come to find out, Roy Mitchell had nine informants, informants yep. in the Panthers at the time. Bill O'Neill gave him the 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 drawing of the layout or whatever blueprint
2: of the apartment building
0: yep sometime in november november 17th november 19th or whatever so it was a period of time not that long um until december 4th when they actually did it so i'm wondering one how involved was he like you know i'm saying how involved was he was it like we hanging out all the time type thing yeah and who else? We not going to find this out. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, but like who else was there and who drugged
2: them? And so it was kind of wild too, right? When you look at because this is another convo I was having after watching this movie. These informants weren't just recruited or, or asked by the FBI to join and work your way into the Black Panthers. A lot of the informants was already Panthers, Across the country, like it wasn't. A lot of niggas got turned because they was doing other up. shit.
0: You get jammed up, and then yeah. it's like, all right, well, nigga, what you gonna do?
2: Yeah. So it's like when you start to think about who else could have been there, who else could have really drugged him who else could have been one of the nine informants that Agent Mitchell had in there. It's like, yo, that could have been anybody, dog.
0: That's the scary part. You bro. literally don't know because it could have been some of the ones that that was
2: closest.
0: Well, I mean, some of the ones that we yeah. listening to and quoting and who give interviews, it could have been, it mm-hmm. could have been one of you.
2: Yeah, man. Something else I thought interesting uh, about choosing the title Judas and the Black Messiah. So, again, most people hear Judas, they just think, oh, he betrayed Jesus, whatever, whatever. They don't realize Judas committed suicide. (laughs) Judas hung himself after. Well, first of all, when he learned Jesus was going to be crucified, according to, I think, the book of Matthew, um, Judas... Tried to give the silver back that he received in payment for betraying Jesus. He was given 30 pieces of silver, tried to give it back when he learned Jesus' fate. Dane, take it back.
0: When you pick a side, stay there. Stay
2: there. Stay there. Tried to give it back. Dane, take it back. Once he learned, oh shit, all right, I done did it. I done fucked up. I didn't, it's too late. Couldn't live with the guilt. Couldn't live with the burden. Ended up killing himself. A lot of people who were familiar with Fred Hampton, who were familiar with, a Fred Hampton got set up by somebody inside the Chicago chapter. A lot of them didn't know the fate of Bill O'Neill. Like, they ain't know, dog. And I thought that that was a very powerful piece of the movie that they approached at the end. And I liked how they did it. They got in and got out.
0: I wonder when did people fail out? When did when did they find out Bill O'Neill was this was the
2: 1973 that's why he left the Panthers so after Fred Hampton was killed Bill O'Neill worked with the Panthers four more years as an informant for the FBI still being paid accrued over 200 grand got land got a whole bunch of extra compensation from J. Edgar Hoover directly for helping bring down Fred Hampton and then in 73 word got out that he was an informant and they had to put him in witness protection and move him to California so he had four more years post Fred Hampton assassination to continue to bring down this shit
0: um out of Bill O'Neill's own mouth Mm -hmm. he said he had no connection with the Panthers at all Mm. this was just a job he he said he didn't feel like he betrayed anybody because that what that wasn't never the the, my original team basically um he was like I don't feel like I betrayed like I don't have any personal connection with this But again, you a damn was, liar.
2: It was selfishness versus selflessness, right? Bill O'Neill li- lived
0: selfishly. They also even like uh, Shaka and a couple uh-huh. of them were even saying like this was a story about apathy mm. where and they tried to show that in the movie when they asked him, like, "Did you care when MLK got killed?" Yeah, or with JFK, and he was kind of like, I don't, "I don't know, I don't well, really think about." Martin, that.
2: It was kind of funny because when they said, "When did you care when Martin Luther King got killed?" He goes, "I mean, I guess." And then they was like, "What about Malcolm X?" He was like, "I mean, I don't think about that type of shit. Like, I don't, I don't think about." What
0: about JFK? I don't know. <laughs> like, and that and they were kind of in the conversations yeah. I've been watching and like, oh. When you don't have an opinion about something, mm-hmm. you can be easily misled to be either way. Like if I don't, if I don't have an, I don't care about yeah. the Panthers. I don't care about the police. I'm I'm trying to get myself out of it. I don't, yeah.
2: I don't care. Now think about how much more you can be misled when you already don't have a stance on something, but you also 17 and in trouble.
0: Woo, and they, then someone gives you, makes up your mind for you yeah. and start implanting information. So yep.
2: I know oh, a lot man. of people
0: be like, you know, I don't, I'm not into religion and politics and never yeah. talk, Fam, why don't you listen so you can have a position? You don't got to share your position. Mm-mm. You Mm-mm. don't got to argue your position. But why don't you be informed so you can have an, opi- have an opinion? Because if you don't, sometimes that can lead you to harm when you yeah. don't have no opinion on
2: nothing. Fam, half the, the online heated discussions that happen is because somebody, for no reason whatsoever, unprompted, felt like let me share my position and it's like yo you don't have to share your position you can have it, your opinion still yours if you share it or not you don't have to be in opposition to have a position but a lot of people like to get on your on your post and on your things to let you know i oppose whatever your position is and it's like fam you don't have to argue my position just make sure you have your own that's it. At the end of the day, that's what matters most. What's was kind of wild, too. So on the other half of that title, Black Messiah. So J. Edgar Hoover said he wanted to prevent the rise of a black messiah who could unify and electrify the black nationalist movement. I literally created COINTELPRO to prevent this. I wanted to prevent Fred Hampton. I wanted to prevent Bobby Seale, Huey Newton. Megger Evers. Maker Evers. I wanted to pre- prevent... All of the shit. If I could have, I would have prevented Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. But you know what? I'll get rid of them instead. Can't prevent them, but I'll get rid of them. And that's what COINTELPRO Pro did. <laughs> like, I, I, I want this.
0: To, I, I, re, I really want this <clears throat> to serve as an example. Um, when we, when we refer to they mm-hmm. killing our leaders and they doing mm-hmm. this. We're talking about the federal government. Facts. It doesn't get more federal government than the Federal the, Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> and, and then when Tricky Dicky Nixon come out mm-hmm. and doubles down mm-hmm. and still sticks behind J. Edgar Hoover. J. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover was an evil man. He was a fucking tyrant, he was a Satan. dog. Literally. He was like Satan. He was a tyrant, dog. And he literally systematically murdered black people. Yeah. So that you... Would never recognize our power. Yep. So if they would murder somebody in cold blood, mm-hmm. they would definitely put a program in a fuck your life up in the future. Yeah. Cause it's. Yeah. Playing her, play, play, nigga. Take that shit. Fam,
2: but here's the fucking Welfare.
0: Part. Here, take that shit.
2: They absolutely murdered black people. But the other part that kind of gets glossed over with COINTELPRO and J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, fam, they murdered literally. Islamic people for nothing. They murdered American Indians for nothing. Native Americans, whatever uh, is politically correct there. They murdered them for nothing. Puerto Rican groups for nothing like the Young Lords, which got briefly shown in this film. They were also Jagger Edgar Hoover and the feds looked at them the same way they looked at the Black Panthers. They just never became as big of a movement but they were on their radar, and it's just like dog. He was taken out again. Martin Luther King was on this list. Like some of, the, nobody on the planet. That's why it's always funny, and we talked about it a few pods ago when they start loving Martin Luther King on MLK Day every year, and it's like, fam, y'all killed him. Y'all literally killed him. Quite literally. Like, literally killed him.
0: Q-W-H-I-T-E. Quite Fam. literally like, killed him.
2: Come on, dog. But now it's like this this love. And that's why it was so so disrespectful when the feds, this past Martin Luther King Day, posted on the federal, the FBI Twitter, happy Martin Luther King Day, blah, 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 whatever they said to that. And it was like, dog, the nerve. Y'all niggas are responsible for him being
0: assassinated, like directly. In the Chicago Police Department. Directly. Like (laughs) the same evil racist Chicago Police Department that um, shot a little kid in the back. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And it was powerful, too. Um, Very small scene in the movie, and we're going to get into the movie in a second, but even that scene where uh, Fred Hampton was talking about Emmett Till. And he was talking about, yo, I grew up across the street from him. My mother used to babysit for him sometimes or babysit him sometimes. And he like, I couldn't even bring myself to look at this picture. Like, fam, the same system that was put in place that killed Fred Hampton, that killed Martin Luther King, that killed everybody we about to discuss, killed Emmett Till, too. Because all this shit is government-ridden, dog. Like, and it's funny because when you go look up, uh, when you go look up COINTELPRO, Pro. And they talk about all the different organizations and groups of people that COINTELPRO went after. The very last one is quote, unrelated groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. Unrelated? Fam, they the most related. And half the motherfuckers like applying COINTELPRO tactics were Ku Klux. Klan. Come on, man. Like this shit is. <laughs> uh. So before we get into the movie, man, did it invoke the rage in you that, because I saw a lot of people saying like when they turned it off, they was enraged.
0: Because uh, y'all don't know what time it is. Mm. And that's not even like a not. No, not at all. But if. Because be enraged, but catch up. Yeah. Catch up. That's the reason that, yeah. that your cousin or your uncle who always seemed like he got an angry attitude or he. When he say, fuck, I'm not voting this year yeah. or whatever, like it's a reason that he feel this way. Yeah. And it just be so much to explain where yeah. it's
2: like it's not even worth it. And that's the thing, man. That's the reason I don't engage when folks say they don't vote or when folks say they don't do certain things that are, you know, uh, normative political or socio-political like things. I don't engage in the comment because I'm never going to tell you wrong for that. Because how could I knowing some of the shit that they've done to us, dog? Like, like, even if you just know a slither
0: of the shit they've done to us. I will murder you, but I will not ever, ever in my life yeah. impact an election. Oh, Man. that's where I stopped the line. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will literally do a COINTELPRO. I will, I will send people, but me influencing an election? Me actually act like something is one way and is really another. I would never do that. Me, <laughs> the
2: governor. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into the film, man. Um, off top. Drake, Drake, Drake? <laughs> Jay
0: Edgar Hoover. Like no nah, dog. The nigga with the weird fetish who got pictures on everybody. The nigga got naked pictures of God. Man, that's what he did man. to the reason that Jay Edgar Hoover was so impactful. And the reason that all these weird fucking Hollywood parties go down, because once you go out there and get compromised and now got the evidence mm-hmm. and now I can make you do whatever the fuck I want to do.
2: Oh, so he was abstaining.
0: You know what's so funny? I'm watching hmm. uh Life last night. Yeah. I'm almost done with the series and shit. And the FBI bring uh Detective Cruz partner in. And she was like, hey um you gotta tell us all of your secrets <laughs> because if if you no, tell her, <laughs> no, she's working with the fbi <laughs> shit right <laughs> so you gotta tell us all your secrets because if you tell us all of your secrets then nobody can use your secrets against you man you know that's what they do with the skull and bones mm-hmm. this is and it's not like one of those things where you kind of heard like george bush was yeah. asked about this yeah. so they basically they they Tell everybody secrets so you can't be. Oh, well, they do it. Is if you tell everybody your secrets, then you know who has the blackmail power over you, yeah. and y'all kind of keep each other. In everybody
2: check. work. It, it's
0: it's checks and balances. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, "Well, what was your secret?" He was like, "I can't tell you. <laughs> it's a secret." <laughs> you know that George Bush fucking tone, man. Um, but like, no, that's a that's how it's real life. Jay Edgar Hoover.
2: It's funny, motherfuckers. We they get to talking immediately. Oh, Illuminati, Illuminati. Y'all know shit about skull and bones. Listen. It's a whole, like, they right there.
0: I kind of alluded on this on um, that MLK episode Mm sort of weekend is. Y'all like to disparage Martin Luther King Jr.'s name Mm -hmm. um, because the FBI gave you some information and you run around like that shit is gold. Like you seen MLK walking out of a building with with a young lady in the middle of the night. The FBI said that and now that's the law so when y'all get angry at JFK yep. and I'm not JFK him too Uh, y'all get married, m- mad at uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover just remember this the same guy who told you all that the nasty stuff about MLK that y'all love to tweet out uh. every time you fucking get a chance to well, I mean, kind
2: of, kind of along that line, dog. And I promise we're gonna get into the movie, but this is why I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Because there are thirty million conversations that came up from this movie alone. But along what you just said about MLK, sure, the feds put out a lot of the negative information about Martin Luther King that we know, um, or that we learned later in life. The feds put out most of it. Yeah. The alleged but, information. Yeah. The alleged information that you know was received negatively about MLK. But here's the thing about Martin. In this era right now where we're currently at in 2021, even if the feds didn't put it out, if negative shit came out about Martin Luther King right now and he was like currently active and alive and all that and negative shit came out, everything he ever did in his life would be washed away because of social media. We would kill... fam. Martin would have never had the chance to become Martin. The same way they had that quote like, oh, if Malcolm X had died when he was Malcolm Little, he would have been known as a yeah. pimp and a thief. If Maya Angelou had died when she was in her 20s, she'd have been known as a prostitute. And it's... We don't allow <laughs> you people... Know, you know,
0: here, here's a perfect... It's a wild example, okay? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's But it's a perfect example of oh, yeah. this. Andrew Gillum. Mm. Like, yo, my nigga, it, don't, it don't matter what... what all that wild shit that just happened yeah. a little while ago, that's it. It yeah. don't matter how great you was.
2: Fuck what he did before and after. Don't let shit come out about Stacey Abrams.
0: Then we find you in the hotel room with a boy. It's all over. With a you. boy and some drugs. You are a boy drug addict. It's, it's all and over. And you'll never you. be nothing else. But when he was running for the, the governor of uh, Florida. We had you as the
2: next Barack. Oh, he going to be that next Democratic nominee. Damn. And now two, three years later, he the boy in the room with some drugs? and a boy and that's it and in this world that we live in right now you can't grow beyond that so what got me to thinking about that was looking at that very short timeline of fred hampton's ascension to his demise fred never even had the chance to live his life that he might have done something off kilter right but if he had gone on to in this era all the shit prior to that would have been forgotten because that's what we do to people, dog. So it's damn near like, yo, in this era, of Fred Hampton would have to die early in his martyrdom before he has the chance to make a slight fucking error. Because for everything that Martin did, for everything that Malcolm did, in this era, if you'd have heard about...
0: T- for some of y'all, bro. because for, for, for me... I'm riding.
2: Oh, facts. But, you know, what's funny. I think back to um, Lovecraft when we were reviewing that. You remember the uh, the episode where they mentioned Martin, right? And they were talking when they was at the party. And they was like, oh, you talking about that young preacher that date that white girl? And they was like, oh, he got a black girl now or something, da, da, da. And I remember when that happened, I got so many DMs from people like, yo, was Martin really dating a white girl before Coretta? And I was like, maybe, maybe.
0: But do it matter? Like you ever read <laughs> the autobiography of Malcolm X? It, fam. I could, This is another thing. OK. Unrelated. We in a bag now. But related. It's, it's over. It's February. Facts. I'm tired of you niggas mm. and Negroes.
2: The emphasis.
0: Halfway sh- keep shitting on Rosa Parks. Man. That woman didn't do nothing to you. All she did was sit on the bus and
2: everybody would have no, did no, with Rosa Parks. They, they,
0: they like to bring up the the, the story about another young yep. lady it, who, who did it first. Yeah. Quote, like fam, quote did it first. Was maybe I maybe I'm missing something. Man, was the novelty of it the fact that it was the first person or was what that the one that spark the actual bus boycott? Man. Man. Because y'all y'all, y'all 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 make it seem like y'all missing the point. And I'm like, "Well, they used her because she was light-skinned and she was this and she was friends with this." Okay.
2: Malcolm X was light-skinned. What are we talking about?
0: No, I mean, they say what well, look, what well, we used uh Rosa Parks yeah. because she was friends of, of Martin. with Martin she was yeah. light-skinned, she was and the other lady was pregnant. Hey. Um so it would have been more plot more palatable for the whole 9 yeah. yards if that's the case. Okay. Here's
2: the thing. It got the movement going. Guess what? First of all, people act like her friendship with Martin prior to the bus boycott was like, yo, they be on the phone every night till ten o'clock at night. I don't think it was. I'm think, fairly
0: sure people who met me through the podcast will say they're um, friends with Jay Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I met Jay Johnson hey. at a podcast event in 2018. Hey. We we speak about we speak and like pictures and you know exchange hey. pleasantries on on the internet. Hey. Oh, we friends.
2: Like the relationship that it was she had with Martin, God
0: damn
2: it. <laughs> literally, and don't look him on Facebook, <laughs> motherfucker. But no, that relationship that she had with Martin prior to the bus boycott gets. Magnified for people to make their point that she had this just super developed relationship with Martin that once something happened to her, she could just call up Martin and be like, yo, we got a movement, nigga, something. You ain't going to guess what this nigga did to me on the bus.
0: But every every Black History Month, I, I, I hear this, this story about the other young lady who, Babe. I'm like... And
2: salute to her. Because she's still
0: alive, too. Facts. Like, excellent. The whole nine yards. I love it. But why y'all be throwing shots at...
2: Cause here's the thing. What she mo-
0: do wrong? But
2: you know what that's like. That would be like somebody saying they was mad at, and near I, I hope this puts it into a better perspective for people. Like they was mad at the coverage that Emmett Till's murder got, which sparked so much of the civil rights movement. Because such and such got lynched too. Like, do you hear how silly that sound? We
0: like, hate Jackie Robinson. Man, I mean, he was the first, but like, he wasn't the first. He, like. Uh,
2: anyway but people don't but it's kind of the the thing a lot of people don't care about
0: the movement well and also that somebody will believe anything fucked up about a black person first and you won't you won't give them the benefit of the doubt if you hear some fucked up shit about a black let me take that out the energy i'm sorry let me take it out the the, out the universe i'm sorry i don't want to put that negativity out there no
2: but it's real though the benefit of the doubt don't exist with black people Yo, I'd rather hear about the fuck. I'd rather hear about the conspiracy surrounding the great shit you did so I could take away and remove that greatness. Oh, man. Because you can't believe. Rosa Parks was your whole life. You've been told, yo, she sparked this movement that was such a big part in the civil rights movement. And this boycott like changed so much shit. And then it's like you get older. All of a sudden, somebody tell you hey, well, she ain't do it first and they only use her because she was light-skinned and more palatable and more believable. Did she still believable. do it? It got done. Did she still it do it? It got done. Does that change the fact that the, the bus boycott happened? Like, nothing changes because somebody says, oh, well, she only got the recognition because she looked this way. Fam, is she still black? Did she still do it? Because if the answer to both of those
0: is yes... And do your dumb ass run to the back of the bus every time you get a chance to Fam.
2: Go. Fam. Like, come on, dog. I'm Shit, she did all that fighting for niggas to be able to sit up front and then y'all get in the classroom and go straight to the back. Cause you don't want to be up in the front and get asked no questions about the fucking work and the books you ain't reading. God damn it. Anyway, <sighs> all right, let's get into the movie. I'm I'm annoyed now. Off top, the movie opened with a little with a little B-roll. A little behind the scenes from Eyes on the Prize 2. First of all, um, and I'm gonna ask you, I know we we had a little discussion offline briefly, but you had seen Eyes on the Prize before. Yeah. Um, you were familiar. I also was familiar. My dad actually used to make me write book reports on him when he was locked up. Um, I bought it over the weekend, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate part you one. sending me that link. Because um, uh, part two was nowhere Part two was not available. Yeah. Um, Until? Until that link. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, I was on YouTube crazy. Like, come on, dog. Somebody got to have it. It was wild because having seen Eyes on the Prize 1 and 2 before, having written book reports on them before, it took me back to how much I really didn't know what I was looking at when I saw that as a little kid. <laughs> I had no clue the importance of that exact interview that I had seen before on this documentary, on PBS, on VHS.
0: Guess what that's a vote for? Hmm. More slave movies. Ooh. I know that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think I've been guilty of saying it myself. Mm-hmm. But you think that what you watch when you was a kid is still viable to somebody who's ten and fifteen years younger than you. Man. They're not checking for that shit that there was made in the seventies. It looked old when we was yep. in the eighties watching. Yep. It. You think a nigga who got eight K on there on, on YouTube is gonna watch some shit that's in three and two forty P?
2: Man, guess what? I ask you a more a more prevalent question related to that shit. Do you think if over this weekend Without Judas and the Black Messiah coming out on HBO Max, if HBO Max said, hey, we got Eyes on the Prize 2 available now streaming, we would have this many people watching Eyes on the Prize 2? Nope. Would they have even looked up Bill O'Neill to see how he related to Fred
0: Hampton? Man, this niggas out here ain't seen Love Jones. (laughs) Because that shit too old. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck you think they're going to go watch I on the Prize? Niggas ain't watching Love. <laughs> but to your like, point, <laughs> come on, man. when
2: when people say, and I, again, I think we've all been guilty of it at some point. Like, man, okay, they kind of ODing on the the black trauma movies. I'm not just going to say slave films because there are like, they're civil
0: rights-based movies and never stuff Never like heard that. nobody say, I don't want to hear nothing else about the Holocaust.
2: Oh, man, you want to know why? Because Jewish one, people actually appreciate that culture for real. They're not just seeing it. The
0: two words, never again... We why can we can't we like,
2: but then we get mad when motherfuckers say uh, get over slavery or get over civil rights or whatever and it's like we'll tell we'll be quick to tell them yo we don't have to get over it like y'all don't have to get over the holocaust or y'all don't have to get over 9-11 so why do we have to get over so we'll be quick to say that but then when a movie comes out about it we like I don't want to keep seeing that shit oh so you getting over it
0: you over it <laughs> yeah, man, Which, which one you want?
2: slavery happened damn near 500 years but now in the last 30 you've been alive you over it yeah. got you
0: but that B row was interesting because it was, it was. Um, I thought they get it because unless you know what you're looking at, it don't hit. Mm-mm, it's just mm-mm. a nigga in a gray suit.
2: Man, it hit whoo, when they flipped it to the end though. Whoo, it hit a lot different on the second watch. I'm gonna say I that.
0: wish they somehow would have added the part when he was in there talking about um, that he don't feel like he betrayed nobody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish I could. They could have played that yeah. shit in there.
2: And it's so it's before you sent me that clip, I and I wish I had written down or screenshot where I saw this from. But I was in a deep like article research thing, and I found quotes and I found a lot of the dialogue from that interview. And when I read that and he was just he was like, I don't I didn't care. Like the Black Panthers didn't mean nothing to me.
0: You're a fucking liar, dog. Dog. And I don't, I don't, I, don't I don't like I don't believe nothing. That you say in either direction, mm-hmm. and you don't. You so conflicted mm-hmm. that the day that that fucking eyes on the prize, Eric yeah. nigga killed, killed himself.
2: Well, you know he tried to kill himself three times. Yeah. Well, twice before he actually succeeded. So, um, and we'll we'll get to that later. But yes, absolutely conflicted, dog. And then what I love though, and for everybody who's already watched it, if you've only watched it once, I want you to watch it again after seeing the end of the movie the first time. Go back to the beginning just to kind of catch the tone and the vibe of that B-roll. When the interviewer says, yo, somebody wipe his face down. He's sweating a bit. Shout out to Lakeith. Because he pulled, like, you could see it in his face, (laughs) dog. Like, like, nigga, I'm not comfortable. Because I know that no matter what I say right now, it's bullshit. It's either a lie or it's my truth. But I know my truth sounds like bullshit right now because of what I did. Or I don't actually know how I really feel about any of this shit because at seventeen these niggas changed my whole fucking existence forever.
0: And it's so interesting that I that you want to take such a strong opinion on all these different things, mm-hmm. but you just don't know how you will react. Mm-hmm. Fam. So if like if my nephew now nah, he's twenty, he's about to be twenty one. Okay. Um. When I think about him at seventeen years old, wow. If he's uh, if the feds. Mm -hmm. Came to him with something like yo this is what I need you to do And he don't know nothing about nothing yet Who the fuck knows what he would do Man man. (laughs) And especially a nigga who ain't built for prison
2: And um, one thing again that the movie Didn't do and it's not a It's not a slight or a a criticism or a critique Pardon me but it does Help paint a bit of, of A bit more of a picture He wasn't just arrested for stealing A car first of all he got Arrested here in Michigan Yes. That's first thing. He had escaped Chicago, but it wasn't just for stealing a car. They had him on
0: kidnapping and torturing as well. Yeah. And it wasn't like so there's the movie version and what actually happened. Like he was being actively sought after. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't they wasn't running out of no bar. And
2: and we caught him yeah. speeding off in somebody's car and a nigga with a knife through the
0: roof. Yeah, that's movie flew magic.
2: Off. That was movie magic. And it looked good and it, it felt great. But yeah. he had some real charges coming up coming up against him, man. And he was involved in a lot of shit in Chicago.
0: So now, so, hmm. How do I? So I kind of mentioned before, I've been reading or listening to the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. I'm halfway through. And Malcolm has lived a fucking life by the age of 17. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Like, he's living Facts. in New York City by at yeah, 17. Yeah, by 17, yeah. Like, this Zoot
2: Suit Malcolm by 17. Yeah. 17 in 2020
0: and 17 in 1945, yeah. 1955, 60s, or yeah. whatever. It's a different, it's different 17. It's a different world. Because like a different world. You can, like, have an 8th grade education and still be out. Yeah. Well technically you can have it here, but it's it's different. It's so like when I when I was thinking like what well, this yeah. nigga 17 year old kid, if he was living that life of crime, yeah, if he was a hustler at 17, and anything like I've been reading for that, I'm like, yo, 17, you know the game. Facts. You know what's kind of crazy too about you bringing that up? Cause I was
2: thinking about it too. Cause I got into a little back and forth with, again, one of my homies who said, "Yo, I'm not watching a movie about a snitch." And da da da. da. And we was doing the whole little back and forth, and he kept, he just snitch snitch snitch. So I pointed out, "Yo, dog was 17." I'm like, "Was he an informant? Absolutely." But I was like, "Nigga, most if not all informants was criminals first. So don't sit here and tell me
0: this code of the streets." Like, did you like Blue Magic? Whoa. Did you like Frank Lewis? Ooh. Because Ooh. that was a that was a that was a movie about a snitch. Ooh. Did you like Paid in Full? Because that was a movie about a snitch.
2: Hey, it's niggas who don't even know. Are Carson you going to watch? It's niggas who don't even know Alpo's real name. Alpo.
0: Are you going <laughs> to watch the movie where um, Will Smith plays Nicky Barnes? Man, it's gonna be a movie Cause about you a snitch. talking about a
2: movie about a snitch.
0: Because guess what? They
2: all tell. And all these niggas were what? criminals first, whether they were crime boss or whether they were some low level nigga like Bill O'Neill at 17.
0: Now somebody, I don't know if it was in the movie or one of the interviews afterwards, uh-huh. have brung up the, the the difference between a rat and a snitch. Mm. Because it is two different things. Okay, And they said well O'Neill's a rat. Yeah, he infiltrates. Like a rat is different than a snitch. Yeah. A snitch is looking like I got jammed up and let me do this. Let me once. tell you this. Yeah, we yeah. went on to some shit together. We got caught. Let me Facts. get the fuck on. Facts. Yo, this nigga a
2: rat. A rat gets inside the house and eats that bitch from the inside out. Yeah. That's what a rat does. And this nigga is a supreme rat. But again, he wasn't just a supreme. He was a developed rat. We caught you at 17 and literally said, here is the play. The way, kind of the irony of yo. I need you to draw me a blueprint of the Black Panthers headquarters. I need you to draw me a blueprint of uh, Fred Hampton's apartment. I need, I'm need. i going to give you a blueprint on how I need you to go in here and intercept all this information and bring it back to the feds and make it useful. dog. Man. They made the rat.
0: Like, why didn't you leave? <sighs> like, you got all full autonomy. They give you cars. They give you a pocket full of Man. money.
2: You can leave whenever you want to. You know what was kind of crazy, too? Um, again, little subtle nuances in the film where Fred's telling them toward the end, right before um, the assassination, where he's asking them, like, yo, you know, stop talking about sending me to Algiers and Cuba. Start talking about building this medical clinic. He also made a statement like, like I only got five years. So when I get out, me and her, we're going to have baby number two. Number three, number four, number five. And they laughing. But then when you think about it back earlier in the film, and again, this is just movie magic. I don't know what Bill O'Neill was looking at in real life. But when Agent Mitchell was talking to him, he told him, hey, still in that
0: car, 18 months. That'll get you 18
2: months. But then impersonating a federal officer, that'll get you five years. And it's like, you look at the two responses to getting five years by these young men, it's like... Nigga, it's only five years. One of them looked at it like, nigga, I'm gonna take this on the chin come out and keep doing what I've been doing. But the other one looked at it like, oh shit, I got a rat, dog. I can't do that five. And it's like, why you just that take the five?
0: I'm not saying that I'm I'm down to do five or that's just some easy yeah, I, walk in the park. No, type it's shit. not. It's not. But like Especially if you that vulnerable, because you might go in
2: you already if you this willing to even kick it with the feds this long, you go in there for five. You might not make it five days, bro.
0: Even on Fred's side, everybody was so worried, like, Yeah, you know, I think the nigga gonna be good. He especially when he got that mouthpiece, facts, facts, <laughs> and he don't see like if I think if you don't if you don't fear for your physical safety, you'll be yeah. you'll be okay.
2: Shit, I was reading um and and I, I knew this, but I I hadn't thought about it or considered it until I watched the film. Um, they were talking about how many Black Panthers during the height of Black Panther. So most people don't know that the year after Fred got killed was the peak of being a Black Panther. Like Black Panther Panther membership went up. To its highest numbers in 1970, probably as a result of Fred Hampton's assassination. Yeah, for sure. But then over that decade, from 70 to 80, that's when everything dwindled.
0: How, how, how? um, I don't know how things were in the 70s in that area time frame. As far as I guess I got to have a conversation with my dad. Yeah. Um. So like, if somebody passed away in Chicago, we got the details online immediately. Facts. I wonder how that like did, did that spread. People across the country did they know Fred Hampton? And I feel like they did because uh, I mean clearly he was always in the paper and people read the paper differently yeah, back yeah. in the day. So the paper was like it, but yeah. like I wonder like.
2: And here's why I feel like they did. So again, kind of timeline, right? Um, Black Panther starting 66. Huey P. Newton locked up by 67. 68. Um, Eldridge Cleaver goes to Algiers. Later in '68, Bobby Seale starts his trial. Um, oh, we never reviewed it, but the trial of the Chicago 7 is about Bobby Seale. Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original starring Yaya. I can't remember his last
0: name right now, but go watch it. You know what's <laughs> interesting, dog? Um, the Rick Ross joint, when he was like, Huey P. Doone said, Mm-hmm. Um, power is the ability to find yeah. phenomenon and yep. make it act in a desired manner. Yep. That was Bobby Seale speaking. Facts. Introducing Fred Hampton. Fred
2: Hampton. At yep. the,
0: when he came out of at, prison. Yep, that was at the UCLA one joint.
2: I think that's when they invited him to come out to LA or something like that. Yeah, and we spoke at UCLA. Like, it's crazy, right? And that's one of the hardest songs ever. Like, Rick so Ross, when he came up
0: to the stage, I watched yeah. that whole that whole thing. When he came up to the stage and yeah. he started talking. He cut up. It's a middle piece. That's a big piece yep. that's missing out there. And I was like, "Yo, I didn't realize Tying that, that was I didn't realize that was Bobby Seal speaking." Yeah, and the fact that he was introducing Fred, like, so man, I knew it was Bobby Seal speaking
2: because I looked that up back when that song when that album came out. I didn't realize he was introducing Fred Hampton until this weekend, <laughs> and that blew my mind. <laughs> but um, no. So I was reading earlier. They was talking about like
0: <laughs> what's so funny is. His hand movements and gestures was exactly what I imagined yeah. in my head. Like he had the pigs, he had he had some, some guns. <laughs> <laughs> you know what and I thought get that the they pig to get act the, in a desired uh, manner. So I thought um huggy bear shit mm. <laughs> from like uh what is high? What is, what is higher? higher? That's what <laughs> yeah. you got some guns like you have some revolutionary tactics some, some revolutionary principles. <laughs>
2: <Dog>. <laughs> like, and it is wild because <laughs> So I I was reading earlier, they said that so many members of the Black Panthers that came like toward that late 60s to the the mid 70s when they was at the Ascension, so many of them came from prison. Like they became Panthers in prison and came up and it was like so many factions of this shit happened in prison. So I think to your point about why Fred sort of seemed like I'm going to be okay, because fam, when I get in there. I'm still gathering
0: the people. It's all about the people. He even said they're like, no, nigga, this is the perfect place to be true. And because y'all put so many Panthers in prison, I'm spreading my message. That's why so many black Muslims in prison. Yeah. Before we turn the microphones on and I'm listening and uh, Malcolm is talking about um, when he finally found the teachings of Elijah Muhammad in the whole nine Mm -hmm. yards and started reading books in prison about the white man and his black people and all the great shit that we've, we've, we've done and how it's been hidden. He was like, Oh, Specifically, black people who have been arrested or imprisoned. This are this is the perfect person for me to actually share this. So no wonder they they don't like us so much. Yeah. Sharing is like it's like that's why all your black men come out of prison and are, are Muslim because like this is the perfect place because the information that we're telling you is the truth and because you are in this place you can actually recognize you've you've lived this yeah. you've known. Blah they blah. blah. And I'm like, yo, that's interesting. But it's it's
2: well too. I I hit you a couple of weeks ago and told you I restarted Oz on HBO. And looking at the season one of Oz, the black gang, they was literally called the brothers, the black gang in there before uh minister saeed came into the prison it was just the brothers gang and if you was black you either had to be one of the brothers or you was gonna get fucked with and then when saeed came in there and started converting and gathering up and making the muslims it was like oh now there's a level of respect here it's it's different now we ain't just joining a gang on the inside for protection we joining muslims and getting a faith we getting something to believe in we getting something to work toward and be better and it was just it was interesting to watch man but um huh this movie, dog. <laughs> this movie. All right. So let's get let's get a little bit more into it. So when the movie opens up, we had the B roll from Eyes on the Prize. Um, the interviewer asked somebody to come wipe his face down, wipe him down. Whoa, whoa, Be in there sweating. And then during that interview, he asked him the question that led up to what we have been talking about. Looking back on the events you took part of in the late sixties and seventies, what would you tell your son about what you did then? <sighs> That's a question, dog. What would you tell your son, bro, about all that shit you did, all the shit you took away?
0: You know what's interesting is that question probably killed him. Might have. That, that was might have question. just been the one. That was it.
2: That might have been the one that sent him down that spiral, dog. <laughs> like that was it.
0: Fam. Because soon, soon as he was like, "Yo, they this shit airing tonight," and they ain't gonna hear that. Uh, um, you know, t- the, your, your film. I mean, this. I picked the side. Uh. I did like.
2: Nah, I can't look my my family in the face. He was on his second marriage. I can't look my wife in the face. I can't look his uncle who had been with him. His uncle helped raise him. His uncle was who house he was living in when he committed suicide. His uncle was there the morning after uh, Fred Hampton was murdered. His uncle went with him back to Fred Hampton's apartment when, you know, all the people gathered over there see what the fuck's going on. Hey, we heard the chairman got killed last night, Now da, da da so all these people gathered. His uncle went, went his uncle thinking, like, damn, your leader then got killed, and da-da-da, like, you was saving my, my nephew. The way you was talking about, like, yo, my nephew, if I asked him at 17, if the feds came up, what would you do? Like, his uncle probably thinking like you. Like, I think my nephew was this great dude who I know would probably make these good decisions but his uncle ain't had no clue, dog. And he probably heard that question, knew that interview was coming up and said, I can't look my uncle in the eye tomorrow, dog.
0: Man, it's wild, man. That like, like, the people that you work with, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily your friends. Mm-mm. But like, once you work at a place for so long, you develop relationships.
2: You develop a relationship, naturally.
0: You know what I'm saying? And for you not to give a fuck about what, what nobody in that building. Nah. Like, fam, how do you we with some? How do you, how do you, you infiltrated that shit for five, six years, man, and you don't, you don't care at all, dog. Nah. Either you lying or like you're a cold nah, motherfucker,
2: he, dog. I, I go with he lying because I go with he was haunted, and I go with that because of what ultimately happened. You know what else fucked you up? These people were good people. He went to, they were great people, and you remember <laughs> he was like,
0: I can't find nothing bad on a nigga.
2: He was like, they ain't no terrorists, <laughs> like. They teaching little kids? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> hey, yo,
0: yo, I'll tell you the funniest shit in this movie. Towards the beginning, uh, he was like, yo, these niggas got rocket launchers. <laughs> <Yo>, he whispered <laughs> that shit so cool. He was like,
2: these niggas got rocket oh, launchers. <laughs> shit. I'm like, yo, that's funny. But I can imagine him sitting in that room. Because, again, think about what the FBI has told you. You going in there to look Nigga, for. this the Black Ku Klux Klan. Fam, then drill that into your head. Think about
0: because this movie not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for us. This is for white folks. Thanks. I know he, he ain't said it. All these wrote movies it for is that. for white folks. But like, think about you growing up in, growing up in that era mm-hmm. be, as a white man and or a woman and hearing all that shit the police said about the Black Panthers and thinking all that shit was true. Mm-hmm. Years later, you find out that you was lied to, that these people were doing nothing but good. Yeah. The majority good. And the government went in there and murdered them people and lied to you about it. Don't you feel bad for raising your kid as a racist and you was wrong the whole fucking time? And now, just like Bill O'Neill don't want to 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 fucking come to grips with the goddamn truth, yeah. you're going to deny that shit now?
2: Kind of like the scene where they went in there and talked to the Young Patriots, the white organization in Chicago. Powerful. Powerful. Because these were, they were sitting there right there with that Confederate flag in the background. And when you walk in there, immediately you're going to think, can't nothing good happening for my black ass walking in there. But then when that convo, the walls start coming down and we realize we're on the same side. Water, and that's, whew, An escape. Man. What's your religion? Man. Water. Water. And escape. Come on, dog. And and when you start talking rainbow coalition, this is why that happened. When you bring the young patriots and the young lords and the Black Panthers all together, and you talking about Puerto Ricans, blacks, and white people. The Black Panthers and oh, the young lords are building a rainbow coalition. Come on, man. And it's like, oh, my God. But I always go back and look at Lakeith's face when they ask him, what would you tell your son about the shit you did back then? Cause his face, even though it's Lakeith, portraying Bill O'Neill, but his face captured everything you need to know about why Bill O'Neill couldn't live with himself no more. Shit was powerful as hell.
0: Then it got into um So the thing that Bill couldn't live with is people finding out. Mm. Because nigga, after he was murdered, you stayed there for another four years.
2: Well well here's here's why cause true. But here's why I think or not why, where I think he began to be haunted. So when he stayed there for four years. Got found out. Feds put him in witness protection, sent him somewhere, butt fuck California. He snuck back to Chicago. He wasn't moved back to Chicago. He wasn't never supposed to go back to Chicago. He snuck back to Chicago in '84. And I think after being back in Chicago, because you got to think about the time. We in the mid-80s. We're talking about crack. 84? We talking about gangs. We talking about the decimation of the black middle class as we knew it. And he came back and saw that. He saw that shit begin. And I think at a certain point in them late 80s, it start to hit him. I was a part of this, nigga. like.
0: I worked for this same company. Man. Woo. I worked for the company who put this program on. And then when you
2: start to end, he also came back to Chicago right around the time the Black Panthers were no more. I think that said, by like 1980, 1981, it was like 29 Black Panthers total.
0: Fam, what if all the, all the GDs and the Blackstone, Stone, yep. all them niggas would have joined up with the Panthers? Oh, my God. Like he said, like, with our political platform and y'all numbers?
2: <laughs> Fam, you talking about in one... Black Panther... They had thousands of gang members already. The Black Panthers took a few years to start hitting thousands of members. In this one city, we already had thousands Five of gang members. Plus. And that was one gang. Imagine taking them, adding to another gang, joining up with the Panthers, and actually creating a for-real platform,
0: dog. That was the one of the things... Um, I think we may have touched on when we watched the Who Killed Malcolm X thing. The uh-huh. reason why they had to send a people in there to break up Elijah Muhammad and mm-hmm. Malcolm, because it's one thing when you just when you got the platform, but when you actually have the soldiers, yeah. to actually back it up. I don't give a fuck about a nigga with an opinion online. You can I can give you all the fucking information all day. If you don't have the means, then I'm cool. You can. Sp- spit in conspiracy theory all the fucking day but if you have the motive as well as the means yep. oh now we got a problem because resources matter dog
2: that's half the reason that the united states especially in the 60s 70s the era that we talking about became as powerful as they did because we had more resources than a lot of the countries who we had beef with like yo, nigga, that's the reason we went over to Vietnam thinking, oh, this is an easy win because we clearly have more resources. Granted, we ain't think that they would outthink us, but that's the U.S. arrogance, right? That arrogance exists for our fucking government. It's it's patriarchy. That's what it is, dog. But we have those resources, man. And the one thing that black people just by design from the start of fucking America, we've never had as many resources and that's why it takes a movement like yo this gang and this gang and that group and that organization we have to come together because if we don't by nature we're never going to have enough resources to really make the impact that we're trying to it's just what it is dog shit when you talk about the Black Panthers starting in Oakland in 66 when they started one of the things that made them so powerful in Oakland was the fact that they could open carry right yo, we could walk around with loaded rifles because in
0: California, it was legal. Well, it was legal all over the country. Yeah, That's yeah. What, the gun laws did not start in this country until the, to, till the Black Panthers won. Literally
2: one year later, they signed it into California law signed by Ronald Reagan, your mans, signed mm. one year after the fucking Panthers started. Well, They can no longer carry these weapons openly.
0: I don't know if y'all been paying attention, but your man Biden is 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 up to something. So... I'll follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> He's up to something with these guns, and it's, it's not good.
2: Hey, man. It, it was just, but even that right there, like, dog, a year in. That's how powerful the Black Panthers, because we came in, and, hey, Black Panthers, all of a sudden, we had gun, we had resources, and then they said, whoo, a year? These, they cop-watching, like, for those who are not familiar with cop-watching, what the Panthers used to do, they would follow cops. And if they stop some, basically, if the cops were stopping, frisking, if they was doing that, they would come up the way that uh, young dog did in the movie when he got shot. Hey, what's all the them brothers for? What y'all fuck with them brothers for? What y'all what's what's his crime? What crime he commit? And they did it with their guns out.
0: You know, we had a conversation a while ago offline. And uh-huh. I to, like, um, I wanted to put together something like that. Mm hmm. And I was like, man, they may kill me if I do this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a programmer though. <laughs> I, need but, a, I need a coder.
2: Yeah, hey. me? literally, dog, like that cop watching. That term came from the Black Panther. That's why they fucking created the the California law that said, all right, they can't carry these weapons openly no more, loaded, because they following cops, and if they see a cop do some shit, they shooting back if the cop shooting. Like, these niggas is going—man, and this was in a year, bro. That got signed into law in 1967, bro. The shit is crazy. All right, so the movie opened up. We went through the B-roll. Let's talk about how the shit—how Bill O'Neill got into this shit, or at least in the film. They showed him as a thief, impersonating the feds. He goes into the pool hall. Um, goes up in there, starts asking about a stolen he goes up car, in Leon's went up in Leon's pool hall, asking about a stolen car, perpetrating the feds, uh,
0: flashing a fake badge. This is, this is the point where they supposed to express that he's a kid. Yeah. He don't look 17.
2: He don't look 17 and shit. I looked at him. Yeah. Actually, young Bill O'Neill did kind of look 17. I looked at one of his mug shots. Yeah, I was like, he, All right, like he actually kid. did look like a 17-year-old kid. But he goes up in the bar, asks him about a stolen car. Dog is like, yo, nigga, that's my car. He like, I got the paperwork. He's like, no, nah, nigga, come here. And he basically his thing was let me get his keys, steal this nigga's car, and I'm out. How you think you going to keep getting away with that in one neighborhood, I'll never know. Like eventually. And he went into the bar. This is the Crown's bar. It's the gang bar. They going to know you eventually, which later they recognize you. Almost blew your shit.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know where exactly he does this shit at, but shit, he clearly was working for him. Hey, he was getting by, man, but... And the reason he gave to, to Mitchell, that's a bar. Man. He said, why well, you got a fucking badge yeah. and not a gun? Why don't you like get a gun or a knife like any other nigga? That's, that's kind of like what that's I wanted. That's basically what he told him. <laughs> he was like, I mean... They feel like they fear a badge they feel. He, he
2: said a badge is scarier than a gun.
0: Come on now, huh? come on now. Huh? So, so you got knowledge of what this system is, again. So don't you, you don't don't act like you don't know. Again, we both from Maywood, but our survival tactics.
2: Some niggas survive differently than others. That's just a fact. We all from the hood, right? Me and you both from the hood. We both from Detroit. Me and you know plenty of niggas who didn't go to school, learn something, and apply it to make their life. From the same neighborhoods we from. Yeah.
0: Same street, same block.
2: Same street, same block. They went a different route. Never judging about the route they did. It's just various survival tactics when you from where we from. We all got to survive out here. It's just a different look depending on who doing it. Bill O'Neill... Saw his survival at, yo, this is, my, I know this badge scares them more than a damn gun would. I go in there with a gun, 10 niggas is going to pull out and say, what the fuck you going to do with that?
0: I got a whole army behind me. Why don't you just say, I got the white man behind me. Because that's really what we there scared of. There it go. To this day, niggas will have a shootout with 50 niggas, but as soon as one cop pull up. Cops come up, your gun don't even they, come go, out. They out, they gone. That gun is, whew. Not, not to say I want you to shoot out with the cops. Mm-mm, mm-mm. What I'm saying is maybe you should put that that same, um, the respect that you put on that cop life on the black man's life. Man,
2: Bobby Seals said, and it's playing as the, as the movie starts, said the Black Panthers want a free medical clinic, free breakfast children program, the Intercommunal Institute and Liberation Schools, and free legal aid for the community. My question: Who you want to pay for this shit to everybody white though? Why was that seen as threatening? <laughs>
0: like the same way as seen as threatening when Bernie Sanders offered it. Look at what, like literally, dog. So, so this this the thing as well, right? Since that has happened, the word socialism mm-hmm. is a is a buzzword and it's a bad word. Mm-hmm. The Panthers was like, "Nigga, we socialists. Mm-hmm. We think we should." Have that. Now, whether you think that that is is quote unquote yay or nay for that. Cause somebody gotta pay for this shit. Don't pay for itself. Yeah. Like, who, who fits the bill? Yeah. Um. So that's 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 another question. But like, yo, nigga, we socialists. Like, fam, we, we, we beat capitalism with socialism.
2: And it's like, yo, when I'm asking for shit like breakfast for children,
0: the whole reason that you niggas get free I mean, medical care, the reason that there is. free breakfast and lunch in schools was 100% from the Black Panthers. Fam, literally. It did not (laughs) exist before then. No,
2: but when we ask for it, it's threatening, it's problematic, it's socialist. When the government says we created it so now we can tax it.
0: Well, see, the thing is, you got to do it. Because action is what gets things going. Facts. So when we also started a program, we started testing and, 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 and giving out sickle cell. Mm-hmm. Um, testing for sickle cell. Like the shit got so big, the government had to step in. Like, mm-hmm. well, shit. These niggas is down there making us look bad. They're feeding their fucking children. Yep. So instead of keep asking that white man for... Please, Mr. Please, slave man. We are hungry. Please let us in. But like, how do you, how do you ask the nigga that hates you for stuff, he don't like Man. you. Yeah, you know mm. what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I just it's it's wild. You start doing it, yeah, and then they get it's like, well, fuck it. We gonna we gonna he making us look bad, so we going we gonna we gonna step in and take over.
2: But it's wild because then when you fast forward, right when they're after you know Bill O'Neill has that Mitchell meeting or whatever, and Mitchell tells him, yo, you wanna do this time or you wanna go home. And you tell him, I, this is what we're going to do. And he sent him in there to go be a part of it. When, when O'Neill's sitting in the class, Fred says the same thing. We want land. We want bread. We want housing, education, clothes, justice, and peace. And then he says, life, liberty, and happiness is right there in the Declaration of Independence. But when poor people demand it, it's a contradiction. It's not democracy. It's socialism.
0: Come on, bro. Yeah. But we'll see- it's that caveat in there. The pursuit of life, li- well, life, liberty, those are supposed to be guaranteed, mm-hmm. and the pursuit of happiness. Oh, I ain't promise you gonna be happy, nigga, Mm-mm. but it's okay for you to chase after it. Yeah. Black people been chasing after happiness a long time, boy. A if long you, fucking time. Man, I've been watching this old ass episode of The Office, and there was a lady. Who used to working? And she was in, living in an apartment building. And every morning at seven, six o'clock in the morning, she would get up and sing a song, really loud. Great voice, but mm. black woman, big black woman. You know, with them giant voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, her neighbor couldn't take it no more. Took it to court. Mm. Like we need this bitch to shut fuck <laughs> up, essentially. And um, she broke out. Now I got life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Wow. And that song is what makes me happy. It is what makes me. Able to go to work and withstand and it was some gospel or something. And then the judge was like, let me fine, let's hear it. Let yeah. me hear and sing it exactly how you sing it in the morning. Super loud by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like, She can do it. Like, it's in the constitution. Yeah. You got the <laughs> you got the life, liberty, and the, the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. And this is uh. what you are pursuing to be happy. Fuck it, you can do it. Damn. This
2: shit is uh it's just it's it makes a light bulb click in your head when you realize... Because, again, one thing that I loved about this film, um, it doesn't show the Black Panthers as that violent, narcissistic, fucking crazed, enraged group of Black people that you're also, you're always shown, like, it's Black two, Panthers.
0: It's two things they didn't show. Eh. The, the two things that most people know about the Black Panthers they did not show in this movie. One, well... The so two things that people think they know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is one, that they're quote unquote violent. Yep. Um, and two, that they always wore black leather. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad everybody in this movie was not. Didn't black wear black leather.
2: leather. Black. They had the one scene where they had on their black berets. Yeah. But they didn't do the that whole. That went the whole movie of nigga. We walk around all day. Black leather, black beret. That's it. And it was like, no, they were regular. We've turned the Black Panthers into a character. Yeah. A caricature. Caricature. And that's what I was glad they didn't do. Like again, yeah, we had a couple scenes where clearly they were shown uh, as as militant, but it wasn't nothing wrong with that militancy. It was like that was necessary when they had a shootout.
0: Again, cop put his hand on his gun first.
2: Hey, got a shoot back when uh when young dog went in the store and said, hey, what y'all doing to them? What you doing? That's what I mean. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. He he put his hand on his gun. I got my hand on mine. We pulled.
0: We shot. I know this sounds kind of wild. And God bless those brothers. Uh, rest in peace, the whole nine yards. uh uh-huh. Um, I was able to Google those events though. Okay. And actually see, yo, that that was an actual shootout. Yeah. Um uh the one where towards the end where um Jake shot out. That was an actual yeah, shootout. Yeah, I was able happened. to pull yeah. that out. The shootout at the actual Black Panthers, <clears throat> headquarters. At the headquarters. Yep. That was an actual shootout. And I, I enjoyed that because I can actually go back and look at something that was real. Because mm-hmm. I hear stories about oh, Malcolm Martin and this and that. And I can't necessarily always go back to something and search and it search and be it. like, yeah. oh, niggas, was, niggas wasn't for play play. Yeah. And at least in this Chicago version <laughs> of the Black Panthers everybody wasn't for play play. No, nah, you, you come at us, we firing. Yeah. We not always firing back either
2: like we firing dog um but to your point uh the the one when when jake got into that shootout that was so it was powerful to me for a couple of reasons one that was a very small version of judas and the black messiah jake went to go ask his mans who worked at the hospital if he knew what happened dog ain't want to give him no info dog called the cops next thing you know the cops is pursuing
0: i thought jake was tripping though Jake like, was nigga, going, I'm a janitor.
2: <laughs> I'm, I thought he I'm, was definitely tripping for thinking his man might know something. Yeah, but your man, this is where you lie
0: yeah. and say, I'm going to try to see what I can find out.
2: Yeah. You don't call the cops and turn in this man or send them out to this man who, you know, nigga show up at your crib with a gun. And that's where it turned because my rifle. rifle fell out. When that rifle fell out of his pocket I said, "Damn, Jake." Damn, <laughs> like, Jake, Jake, why you
0: bring that? <laughs> 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 like in real life, like, why why you bring that here, though? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, man. But um cuz you didn't have to bring the rifle, my nigga. <laughs> you
2: actually could have called me. <laughs> like,
0: you know you my man, right? I got a phone. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, like, and we're not even that friends like that, right? Yeah. In real life, because he, he had to act like, nigga, is that you come there? Oh, don't tell me you got STD and nigga, some shit like that. He, when he pulled up at the creek, he was like, Yo, nigga, what you
2: doing here? He actually clowned him. He was like, nigga, what you doing in here? I know you don't get down like that. You
0: ain't got to clap. <laughs> you ain't got no. To <laughs> he off, he nigga. told him, like, you don't get no pussy. You hang around <laughs> with boys in leather all day. It's like, boys in black leather. Yo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, uh, salute to um, we was just talking about him too, by the way. Uh, Algie, Smith.
0: Algie, man. Salute to him, bro. And they um, gonna find themselves in a period piece, ain't he? <laughs> that is gonna be in a period piece. <laughs> 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 Nigga, I don't care if that shit is the 60s, the, the 50s, 60s, <laughs> the 80s, nothing. I'm nah. gonna find my ass in a period piece.
2: Bro. Algie said he in there, man. <laughs> and uh, salute to...
0: Um, and that Tyler period fro he had on. <laughs> and that fro was horrible. Man.
2: <laughs> salute to to uh to to Young Dog who his man who he was trying to figure out what happened to him. Uh that is a weird nigga, dog. He's weird. But you know he reminds me of Lakeith, where it's like, you so strange, but I think you're a really good actor. He you actually just, walks like that. You're unorthodox as fuck. Like I think at <laughs> yeah, first he walked like that in the Wu Chang joint I,
0: I, 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 I saw him first in the uh Equalizer. Yeah, yep, equalizer and he was too. Super weird. He was very shit. awkward in there. I thought Ashton that was just, Sanders. That's his name. I just thought that was the role. Yeah. No. And his voice
2: sounded like he's seventy two years old.
0: <laughs> and then I seen some wild pictures, some wild yeah, GQ yeah, pictures yeah, of him. Yeah. Like
2: I, I seen dog um doing some because he's also a very he's skinny, he's small guy. Like, but everything. So he's he was wearing in, some wild he's, shit. He's
0: always on some.
2: Yeah, he's he's a very again unorthodox actor, but I like. I feel like he got a presence on the screen. One hundred percent. And it's like dope every time. Everything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed except that photo shoot. Uh, <laughs> that photo
0: shoot was wild. Hardy he was in. He was in one of them other movies.
2: Yeah, he was in uh Jeez, Moonlight. So he, yes, I've never that, seen. It so before. that was actually his like first like feature film. Yeah, I've was never, Moonlight. I've
0: never watched
2: it. Um, I actually watched Moonlight.
0: Probably seven months ago. That was everybody initiation. I mean, like every nigga from that movie is a fucking star right now, ain't it? Like, is that not the case? Like you had to if you was in that movie, nigga, your your career is promising. That shit is promising.
2: Oh man, I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm
0: I'm never watching it, dog. I don't I watched
2: it for the first time about six months ago. I don't want my career to be
0: promised. I was like,
2: okay. I saw Moonlight. That was all. I just watched it. To say I seen it.
0: But uh anything that got an Oscar that got black people in it.
2: I got it. Hey, here's what I'll say. This movie was better than Moonlight. <laughs> That's what I'ma say. Um, but no, man, Ashton Sanders, he, he killed it. Uh uh Algie killed it. Everybody just I don't know, man. They they really embodied these roles. But I was really impressed with the chemistry between Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya and what I mean by that is they didn't do a lot of interacting in the film but I, I don't know it just felt like they was playing like a good game of back and forth like yeah. that cat and mouse shit I could feel it even though it wasn't really on screen the whole time how do
0: you, think, how'd you like um, Daniel's my favorite actor at the, par, at the moment yeah. um, Daniel Kaluuya is the Kendrick Lamar of, of acting right now yeah you know what I'm saying he, he can do no wrong Like he can do no wrong like, you can argue yeah. that Kendrick is, like, one of the best ever. Yeah. It's Daniel
2: Kaluuya so, is on fire right yeah, now. He,
0: like, bro. he, he reminded me of, I don't know, he got a Kendrick energy.
2: He got, it's the eyes, dog. How did,
0: I think so. How did you like his accent?
2: Initially, I was scared. I ain't gonna lie. I was scared to death because I didn't know. Again, from the commercials, they were showing small. So it was like, all right, for a whole film, is that gonna work? Just straight up and down. Fam, upon this second and third watchdog, I loved it, bro. I thought he killed it. And then going to listen to Fred. Yeah. I thought he sounded as close to, like, he didn't feel like somebody trying to sound like Fred,
0: if that makes sense. he And I'm glad he did. He made uh, a voice of his own, so to speak. Uh, It was
2: the cadence of Fred, but it wasn't, I'm trying to sound like Fred. Because
0: Fred got a little speech impediment. Not impediment, yeah,
2: to but just a—it's something there. It's, something, it's there. something there. He's clear. Yeah, it's there, but he got it's powerful. Yeah, but it's something there. It's a little tweak.
0: Yeah, and like I kind of felt like uh, Daniels had like a a bit of a southern twang yeah. to it, oh, yeah. a, a little. bit. Which people hey, say in Chicago, Chicago, you got they
2: sound southern. Half of the people in Chicago back in this era came from Southern states. (laughs) So I
0: thought he he did a good job.
2: He killed Uh, it, man. And to accents, again, our other homie, Damson Idris. We we love you as Franklin. Love it's it's no question about it. You killed it, and you did great in the Netflix movie. We was fans, but seeing and you did
0: good in the uh, Jordan Peele. Twilight Zone. Facts. Because he didn't have a Franklin for yeah, yeah, Twain on his voice. At all. And that.
2: You're, you're right about that. But looking at what Daniel's done and looking at All-American and seeing how literally non-UK he sounds at all. <laughs> I need Damson to go work yo, on that. Yo, <laughs> work on
0: that. Yo, I'm glad. I forgot. Yo. I forgot to bring this shit up. What was that? Then? Listen. I'm going to tell y'all this. This is not a thing. Okay, okay, I want y'all to stop saying this because this is not a thing in real life. The notion that a British actor can't play a a, a black American story yeah. or that this should be reserved for black American stories. why? You know who they sound like? They
2: sound like the people who they were mad at. Back in the day when they said all the rappers is getting all the the acting story. You remember when folks was mad, like Ice Cube keep getting all these movies and Ice Cube and Ice T and all and folks were mad. Samuel L. Jackson was one of the main people.
0: Like some them, Yeah, some of them niggas should have been in them rows. <laughs>
2: Yo, and that's a fact. But they sound just as out of touch as the people who said that.
0: This don't make sense. So are you are you are you gonna try to tell me that um who was in Philadelphia? Was that time Hanks? Yes. Tom Hanks couldn't play an AIDS patient because he don't got AIDS. Because he ain't have AIDS. Should that should that role be, uh, used on somebody who is actually an actor and has AIDS?
2: Man, Denzel was his lawyer, but Denzel ain't a lawyer in real life. He can't play a lawyer. He don't know what lawyers go
0: through. Oh, who? you you want to play a cop? Who? How you gonna play a cop? Why don't you get an actor that was a cop? Because you Man. don't know what the cop like, nigga. It's acting. Everybody on this <laughs> motherfucker is playing like somebody else. It's Literally. the point. And ninety percent of this shit, they're
2: playing. Fake people. This was a real person, and because this was a real person, they consulted other real people who were around. So, like, where does he this, don't need your like, approval to go this, play this man. What, uh,
0: where does this notion come from? What What is the correlation between an actor playing a role and someone living it, nigga? If you If you was a, I'm a black American from Beverly Hills, should I be able to play a gangster movie? But check this out. Most of the people who've told me they never
2: even heard of Fred Hampton prior to this movie coming out or prior to the uh, marketing for this movie are all black Americans. So guess what? If y'all as black Americans can go this whole time, 30 plus years, not even knowing who Fred Hampton was, not knowing his story, not knowing who Bill O'Neill was, none of that then someone from the UK has just as much right to play this story if he's going to play... I, I care about doing justice
0: to the art. With the uh, Harriet Tubman shit. They was oh mad at... Oh, my God. They girl. was mad at
2: Cynthia Erivo, Who, I never saw that movie. I'm going to keep it real. But, by all accounts, did a great job as Harriet Tubman. And who's also talented as fuck. She's talented as fuck. Like, dog. She is a gem. But they was mad at her because she played Harriet.
0: I mean... Y'all was mad that Zoe Saldana played um, Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Yeah. Right? Because y'all was like, yo, she not dark-skinned in real life. Mm -hmm. So she shouldn't play this because she don't know what it's like to be a dark-skinned woman. Mm -hmm. And I think y'all trying to beautify, okay, well, Denzel ain't never been light-skinned. Man. He definitely played Malcolm X. So played Malcolm, didn't he?
2: Were they trying to uh, uglify Malcolm by so, having brown ass Denzel play Should him?
0: Denzel not have played Malcolm because he ain't grew up in the streets of Lansing?
2: Man. Because
0: Detroit Red is. Facts. Lance and Reed, I, I, I <laughs> if, if it wasn't Malcolm, we would tell you to, to, to rep your set, homie. But. Oh, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> oh, you a, <laughs> you a local? A Lance alone? Um, that's funny. <laughs> LCC? <laughs> Malcolm used to be about to Lance and sit parties <laughs> waiting in the parking lot. Like, I couldn't even get in that motherfucker, man. Oh, man. But, like. What it looked like in <laughs> Yo, this is not a thing. Would y'all stop saying it? It's not. It's not a thing. Oh, I can't play a cancer patient because I ain't never had cancer?
2: I just don't get the notion that someone black from the UK has never experienced (laughs) American racism because racism is so American that we think it's only happening in America. So because of that, he comes over here and his blackness is now
0: quantified as not enough did you hear daniel kalua speaking about that on the breakfast club yeah Yeah. that was like i never thought about this way he was like yo the racism over over there is different because like here the white folks kind of stole well not kind of they stole this land so there's a they're not really confident they're confident but they're not confident but over there in england Oh nigga, this shit always been ours. Man. We we okay to tell call you a nigga that you don't belong here. Yeah. Nigga, this is our shit. Yeah. Not that we stole this shit, like Mm-mm. it's a different level of so blacks over there
2: migrated from various areas. The way that you might have had uh uh what's to join in New York, um Ellis Island. The yeah. way people came that way to the US through Ellis Island to come and live. Uh, black people in the UK did the same thing similarly, so they're extra bold about the racism over there. They still call people niggers loudly in the UK, and it's just like I, I just don't get the notion Chadwick behind Chadwick
0: can't play Black Panther because he's not from Africa. Man,
2: you know what's funny? I was <laughs> like watching. That, that's um, how
0: wild it sounds. Like when you,
2: I was watching Ocean's Eleven and just kind of marveling at the ensemble cast in that movie. Then realized, oh shit, Don Cheadle, American ass, is playing a British dude. For no reason, it did. His character old, does not need to be British, he didn't need to, but he did it well. And here's the thing, man. I'm a fan of the art. If the art is done well, I'm not gonna tell the artist who he needed to do it with. Dog, that's not my place. That's not my place. And I don't really understand the arrogance behind <laughs> some of us to be like
0: Daniel Kaluuya. Parents are from Nigeria. My fam. Name. Don't get.
2: Don't. don't I'm blacker. To, fam. I'm blacker and blacker than you. And again, to the point we always make about Daniel Kaluuya and about Chadwick Boseman. Fam, look at the roles he's taking on. Why you questioning what his agenda is?
0: Look at what the work he doing is, man. But when he asked him, like, what do you say to people who think those roles should be for black Americans? He's like, I just listen. Man. I don't. He ain't arguing. I just listen. I can't. That's like me saying when, when a woman is saying how she feels in a workplace, what's your role? My role is just to listen. Man. When a man is explaining how. Um, it is when he's getting stopped by the police as a black man. If you're not a black man, your role is to just listen. Just shut up. It's not to say you right or wrong or to validate or invalidate someone's feelings. It's just to listen. Yeah. Because um, that's what that's all you can do. You literally just have to shut up. Yeah. And be quiet. But to to Daniel,
2: I appreciate that he's open to listening. I do. Cause I think that that takes some nobility in itself. But to the people who tell him he can't play that role or shouldn't play that role, I'm telling y'all, Aunt, shut up. You know it's not a thing. Shut up. It's, That's not a thing. Explain to me how it's a thing. You can't tell another black because he's still black. This this is where my problem ultimately lies. Jason
0: right? Mitchell played e z e E better than Eazy E son could play e z e E. My Man. nigga, Man. Should, should he not play that role because he's not Eazy E son? Come on. And Eazy E son was trying to actively get that role. Come on. Come on. Because Jason Mitchell, midway through the film, I forgot that Jason Mitchell wasn't light skinned on. Because he embodied the character he was playing.
2: And to that point, and it's one of the reasons why I personally don't really like a lot of biopics. Because I think folks focus so much on who looks like somebody and not the actual and not the actual playing of the character.
0: Like my I need biggest, you to still
2: be able to body that character.
0: Dog. If you don't you trying to tell me a story about someone's life. I mean, of course, you're not about to give me a white Malcolm X. Nah, <laughs> you nah, feel me? Nah. But like,
2: what about the story? Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. Again, Malcolm's a perfect example of someone we've seen portrayed by a bunch of different people. But the person who looked like, or I'm sorry, the people who have looked the closest to Malcolm haven't, haven't necessarily
0: given the best Malcolm performances. Doug. The person t- that I personally think who looked the least like Malcolm did one of the best jobs. And in literally. um One Night in
2: Miami. Yeah. Like, literally. And it's funny because me and you talked about that on that review that we both kind of had reservations about Dog playing Malcolm X. And it's like, yo, at the end of the day, did they kill it or not? If they killed it, I'm with it. And in this movie, Daniel Kaluuya killed it. There's nothing else to discuss. He killed it. So I don't really get the uh, the argument, man. But let's get back to the movie here. So ultimately, man, the film was about what Jay said earlier. It was two sides being shown to this movie. We were seeing Bill O'Neill infiltrate the Panthers organization. We were seeing him, you know, turn into whoever he became in the organization. But we were also seeing the organization itself. We were seeing the free lunch programs. We were seeing the classes being taught. We were seeing Fred go to schools and go to different areas and give these speeches that were, they would call it rebel rousing, but I would call it motivating people to join the movement and be active in civil rights and community. Like that's what it was. I'm not rebel rousing. Cause I'm telling people like, yo, come be a part of this revolution.
0: No, I'm I, I, No, I'm rebel rousing. Cause I want you to rebel against this system. No, nah, not when the system bullshitting. I'm not, no, y'all well, niggas well, is the rebel rousing. No, what I'm saying yeah. is, yeah, I'm rebel-rising, yeah. and that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, that's, that's oh, we're saying the same shit. <laughs> yeah. Because like, what I'm it. doing ain't...
0: Yeah, for sure. I want you to, I'm, I'm rebel-rising because yeah. I want them to rebel, and I want them to rebel against this racist, fucked up, crooked-ass system. So we yeah. see him,
2: and then we also see, again, I love that they showed Chairman Fred trying to join forces with the gangs in the neighborhood, because what it did was also kind of go back to what me and you have spoken about, I don't remember when, but I know we mentioned it before on the pod. So many gangs, black gangs, were started exactly for what the Panthers were doing, dog. Because
0: guess what happened? Community organizations, bro. But you know what happened? That devil that was running the FBI mm. murdered all of the Black Panthers they can he can get their hands on, put some the rest of them in prison, and then gave crack to the moms mm-hmm. that were left mm-hmm. to. Destroy the next generation. Mm-hmm. I erased the Black Panthers in the 70s and then slid in crack in the 80s. Hey, and then, guess who
2: I didn't <laughs> erase? The gangs. I took some of the leadership to
0: make them a little weaker. Took all the leaders out of the... And speaking in Chicago specifically, hey. I've heard Chicago... I heard conversations with people of in positions of power talk. Mm-hmm. Nigga, they arrested and put all the leaders of all these these gangs in jail, and yeah. then they was run by the youth. Yeah, and now they just. And then when you drop crack in there, oh,
2: guess what? This crack is gonna do. It's gonna give y'all money for resources. Guess what? Them resources do. They make you more powerful. But guess what? They also do. They put you at war with the rival gang. Because again, even when uh when they were talking to the Crown's leader, and he was saying like, "Yo, y'all know where y'all are? like this Crown's territory." That's what the gang started doing. It became territorial, (laughs) nigga. You can't be over here doing whatever your thing is. Whether your thing is selling drugs, whether your thing is giving free breakfast. nigga. And I like how Dog told him, nigga, the crowns done fed more babies than General Mills. Cause we not out that here just gangbanging. banging, nigga. We
0: didn't. We protect. We protected Dr. King, and then them crackers hit him in the and head. He got hit in his head. <laughs> though. <laughs> what the fuck, nigga.
2: But I, I loved the back and forth because. But man, he was like, but, but what if you can feed Mo? We so different, but we so the same.
0: And that was aggression being met by mm-hmm. nah non- I'm not opposing you, my brother. Yeah. I want to tell the big man. I want to meet.
2: That's it. That's it. I just want to sit down and talk to him. And I love that they showed that, dog. Cause again, the depiction that we get of Panthers, the depiction we get of these gangs in Chicago, it's all violence all the time, bro. Why be
0: man.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> niggas waving a pool stick and shit. But what was what was crazy about that scene though, even though he was, you know, doing it in protection of Fred Hampton, he was really scared because oh shit, this that same bar I got. Locked out of yeah. At the beginning of this episode They might see You see it Every time they met He got his head down He ain't making eye contact Cause if they recognize me I'm good as dead I just stayed in the crime And, and Dog recognized him Both times Both meetings He he seen him that first time He ain't say nothing When they met up With the leader of the Crowns.
0: Complacent Like where's this nigga from hey.
2: no, it's not, it's not Then he jumped out Like Hey you that nigga And he got smacked up
0: <laughs> Niggas he put that badge <laughs> How long Ranger Whatever the fuck he call that nigga Dog. Dick Tracy Dick Tracy. Tracy Dick yeah. Tracy I laugh, too, when, uh... <laughs> the nigga socked the shit out of him before he can get that shit out.
2: <laughs> nah, man. Who called that nigga Elliot Ness? Somebody called that nigga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, when he was at the bar later and <laughs> yeah. shit. He was like, I used to work for the FBI. All right, <laughs> She said, Elliot. all right. Well, I'm about to go to the bathroom, Elliot Ness. So <laughs> watch What's my funny, Uh,
0: I watched um, Fred Hembeth's lady. Um, She was actually explaining her in real life. yeah. Yo, know, we couldn't talk out of turn.
2: Akua and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I think her last name, what was her her before some I, Johnson. Deborah. Deborah Johnson. Yep. Uh we related, you feel me? Yeah. Facts, facts. Um, we could be. <laughs> it's my dad. Anyway. Uh I don't know my dad's side of family like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just found out I had a new uncle or shit that I never even heard of. <laughs> You know, you know what's so funny is I don't know. My dad's side (laughs) of the family is the funniest. Not all of them. Why only a bit? Like, uh, you know more of your mama family
2: all the time. It's that's always just a that black way. Thing I don't know why that's a thing.
0: You bro. can find you could trace your mama family all the way back your dad family. Like yo, we we know about twenty five percent of y'all niggas. Anyway,
2: <laughs> even when you're from like, because this ain't just a single parent household. No, this is a two parent <laughs> yes. household
0: thing. One hundred percent. And my and my dad grew up with well, to my to my till my dad's mom passed when he was thirteen. He grew mm-hmm. up in a two family mm-hmm. Like so. That's funny,
2: man. Uh, I don't know. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so all right. but she so, was like, she was. Um, the discipline was still there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they didn't talk out of turn. And I think they used that inside of the yeah to get that across.
2: And people don't, like, I know uh, we've obviously based on content One Night in Miami and the Malcolm X documentary, like, we've talked a lot about uh, the nation, and we've talked about Fruits, and we've talked about the discipline that they had and the classes they went through and the self-defense classes and what they were learning and prayer times, all of that. We've had, that same level of discipline applied here.
0: You ain't shit without discipline. Man. And the nigga in there trying to mack on some girls. O'Neil, stand up. Never stood up, by the way. Never did. Um... And he pretty much like, look, nigga, 20, push ups. 20, 20 push-ups. Twenty 20 push ups for discipline. Man. And then had old girl watch him. And count them out. Like, you want me to put the sheet down for you? Yeah. Like we do the bits, I, know. <laughs> I, I love that scene too, because it
2: was, it was, yo, let me be very clear about why we here. We here to protect our sisters, dog. That which you trying to holler and all that, you missing the game right now. This word sister,
0: this not. This not for play, play. No, you need to treat this like your actual sister. Facts. Is you trying to push up on your actual sister? Facts.
2: Don't don't do that while we here. That ain't what this is for. Even though I'm like, I you you got on Deborah at the little at the joint, but in class while we're here in class. But that
0: wasn't like I'm macking on you.
2: No, no, no. Because it's a certain energy. And she approached him. She wanted to talk to in the movie. We talk about in the film. But it's different energy. It is. It is. Um, and again, while we're in this class, I need you to be disciplined. Even if we step outside of here and you ask her, "Hey, what's your name?" She was on eighteen too, by the way. Fact, shit, he was on seventeen. Yeah, I'm talking about. Um, oh, Deborah. 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 Yeah, got like you, she's got you. she's yeah. young. These was kids, bro. You know what I'm saying? She seen yeah. the
0: love of her life getting
2: murdered, murdered at eighteen and eight months pregnant. My God. Twenty five days later. Fred Hampton Jr. Jr. came out, man. Um, I need Hove to stop reminding us that he got, he was born on the day Fred Hampton got murdered.
0: Yo, totally unrelated. <laughs> I never thought I would see the day where niggas praise Jay Z for rapping like Nas, nice, but that's neither here nor there.
2: <laughs> Which is why I opened the pod with the JID song. Shout out to Hove and Nipsey. Really good song. I'm, I'm not mad at that song at all. That song was actually dope. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, damn, I actually really like this. But I wanted to open up with a little less. I wanted them,
0: I wanted them to uh, change the beat, not change the beat, but slow it down by like not like a quarter of a second. I got you to match Nipsey verse because like when he said his rhyme, it was like... Right on the. It was just a quarter of a yeah, second. Yeah.
2: Some else, uh, Chairman said when we was talking about them meeting up with the Crowns, and uh, this was in the pool hall. But it was something he said that I I thought was. Really, really dope. He said the Illinois Black Panther Party has a mandate to feed every hungry child in Chicago. I'm not talking about handing out turkeys on Thanksgiving. That's charity. Save that for the pushers and the preachers who call themselves doing you a favor after they didn't suck you dry.
0: Yep, that's powerful, dog. Guess what? One of the first things New Era Detroit did, Man. it went to them goddamn mega churches and, and people. That's why they got their quote unquote bad that bad uh, rep, that bad yep. press yep. because they went up in these churches where you sitting up here. This church is a city block. Yeah. You got a fucking phantom outside and you bringing in $250,000, dollars a week. Yeah. On, on a Sunday. Forget everything else you're doing in one of the poorest cities in the country. Yeah. And you ain't giving nothing back.
2: Can't do that, though.
0: And we know we didn't go up in there with no smile on our face because if that was anybody else, it wouldn't be no smile. At all. And...
2: And I feel like me and you have talked about this. I don't know if it was on the pod. Maybe it was offline. But, dog, I hate the drug dealer turkey giveaway. I hate that shit. What the
0: fuck I'm going to do with a turkey? Fam. A frozen-ass turkey. Fam. I'm supposed to
2: take this frozen, uncooked-ass turkey. And do what to with where? it? Put it in what oven? Fam, half the niggas hand, you handing this to is homeless. <laughs> What the fuck they gonna do with a frozen uncooked turkey?
0: So shout out to Tommy. Uh, well, that's why, you know, we put together actual meals. Facts. And went out and just gave like, I'm talking about nigga the mac and cheese, mm-hmm. the greens, like not warm meals. Not not soup, not cold sandwiches, like warm meals. Hey, it's um,
2: it an an organization when I lived in Atlanta um, run by a white gentleman, but every Thanksgiving he did a chili cook-off and what he would do everybody from the community would bring chili all his employees would bring chili everybody so it's Hundreds of different types of chilies going on around here. But within the cook-off, what they also did was provide free haircuts to homeless people, provide free manicures and pedicures to homeless people, free massages to homeless people, give away free socks to homeless people. If you ever talk to a homeless person, they might tell you, yo, dry socks is literally a necessity and we don't get them a ton. Yeah. And it was like he we did, did all drive, of this. He he did all of this under the guise of a chili cook-off. And it was like, This is so dope. And I I volunteered at that event several times. And when I was there, I talked to so many of the people who were there to receive things. And they was like, Dog, people don't know how helpful this shit is. And I'm thinking, like, damn, if he handed out turkeys to people with no oven, you know wouldn't they really need this?
0: And just the, 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 the Tsunami Warming Center yeah. Taking down uh, Last year we did like A um, a coat drive yeah. and, and, and all the children's clothes And socks Man it don't take a lot of money But we took down it was just me and one other yeah. person <laughs> And we was down there the whole time It don't take the, a lot at all It was so much stuff that we took down there Fam, it, it don't take that much money man I cleaned out my
2: closet Just getting rid of coats, sweatsuits, sweatshirts, hoodies pretty much weather stuff. Like, for for this inclement weather we're experiencing here in Michigan right now, where it's freezing temps and we about to get inches of snow. All I did was put that shit in a bunch of different trash bags and leave them on corners downtown Detroit. I ain't do that shit, but nothing
0: else. My man was doing this shit this year, mm-hmm. um, I guess technically last year, if he was downtown and you saw a coat on a tree. Yeah, I saw that on the news. Man, he man. just took coats Put them on a tree, zip them up, put them on a tree, and if you need it, take it. So literally my
2: inspiration for doing what I did, just leaving them on the corner. So I'm downtown a lot. I work downtown, shorty live downtown. I'm downtown a lot. I see people ask. I'm not going to assumptively call people homeless, but I see people out asking for money, asking for food on the same corners downtown Every time I'm down there. So my thoughts were, yo, let me just leave some stuff here because I know at some point today, somebody going to be on this corner. And when they come here, they might need this coat. When they come here, they might need this dry sweatsuit. They might need these boots. They might need this hat, these gloves, these scarves. I was putting whatever I had in the closet that I don't wear no more into these bags and just leaving them around downtown. And I still got a few bags at the crib. I also had a few people, like I posted about doing it on Facebook, had a few people donate some stuff to me. And it was like, yo, I'm not doing this for nothing. But again, I'm not looking to give charity to people who I didn't fucking, to communities I didn't terrorize. And that's what a lot of drug dealers or, or as Fred said, pushers and preachers do. They want to give you charity after they been terrorized and sucked you dry and stole all your money and took all your resources. Now, hey, here go a turkey.
0: That shit was in the movie yeah. for a specific reason. Yeah. Ain't and nothing, hope, in, ain't nothing nothing's caught it. Ain't no word in this movie that's not supposed to be there. Facts.
2: Facts. It was a very well-written movie, too. And I know a lot of shit was quotes, but a lot of this shit was the script. And this script was well-written, dog. Um, Let's fast forward. we'll Let's talk about when Fred got locked. So they arrested Fred
0: for some bullshit. Because they, after Hoover, um, started, uh, so look, Shaka King, right? Mm -hmm. He said uh, they had a bunch of different drafts of this movie, whatever, and different ways they want to start it. They was initially going to start off with Jag or Hoover speaking, Mm. but they didn't want him to start the movie off. Yeah, yeah. The Panthers needed to start the movie off um so their own voice had to tell a story first before anybody told cuz if you start the movie yeah. off, yo, these guys are bad. Cr- that 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 paints it a certain yeah. way. Um but and after- he started
2: it with Bobby Seale and then went into yeah. Jer Grover Facts.
0: But he he said uh, yo, essentially make something up. Get this yeah. nigga, get this nigga off the street. Make something up. Yeah uh allegedly stole 70 dollars worth of ice cream come you, on, my man. nigga what w- what come on now. but what again if you t- <laughs> <laughs> what if he took the ice cream <laughs> <laughs> If he took it for the kids, I don't give a fuck. But like, I yo, we took it for the party, <laughs> <laughs> literally for the party. The black like, Panther I party. still wouldn't give a fuck. Right? No, like, <laughs> well, they didn't take the ice cream, but five no, years no, we having a- an actual black Panther <laughs> party <laughs> and we got ice cream down and we eating white ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's vanilla ice cream. We still, we still, all the crackers, ice cream. Man, but um, <laughs> when when they
2: got them, it was what me and you were just talking about, like now we're removing the leadership and once we remove the leadership, now it becomes easier to infiltrate. It becomes easier to do all the nefarious shit that we plan on doing, dog. And one of the things they basically, after they got him off the street, nigga Mitchell tapped Bill O'Neill, like nigga turn up. Like now it's time. Now I really need you to fucking move up in these ranks, right? Get your shit. And that's when he becomes head of security, they already pressed him on reputation after the meeting with the gang. Hey, nigga, was you? What was you? You the, you the fed? Dog called you out back there. He called you the feds. He like, they like, nigga, who gave you this car? He like, I stole it. And they like, I hotwired then. By the grace, he was able to.
0: I'm like, I know how this should end, but please shoot this nigga. Man, <laughs>
2: man. Like,
0: please shoot this nigga. Hey, have you ever hotwired a car? I have not. <laughs>
2: It's very stressful. <laughs> I would just say that
0: New Jersey Drive is was a horrible movie to watch. To give niggas,
2: horrible. It was a blueprint,
0: and and it came out be between nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety five. Yeah, in that three year to four year era, niggas destroyed us, dog. No oh, man, New Jersey Drive man. was told niggas yeah. how to steal cars, man. It, it was bad if it, it wasn't was if one of the movies got you I said it was menace for me it could have it was clearly uh, New Jersey drive for and he, t- <laughs> he told you niggas he used to steal cars okay like <laughs> that's such a
2: stressful thing to do that I had to turn into uh, Bill O'Neill and figure out a way to steal niggas keys <laughs> like let me figure out the lie
0: so I could get your keys dog. but low key it was funny he was like y'all hot this shit yeah. then, did all that shit he was like but why you got the keys my nigga <laughs>
2: yo what was I sitting there like, oh shit, what he gonna say? <laughs> and he was like, man, I have my man make a copy. No. So
0: what's so funny is like, this nigga is a horrible liar in the movie. Yeah, He looks like,
2: but I'll keep He look like he lying.
0: Yeah, but I'm like, yo, but he's acting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, yo, this nigga, this nigga is clearly fucking like, <laughs> you just keep laughing. Man, y'all niggas, oh man, God. y'all, you got, wild bill.
2: <laughs> wild bill. <laughs> so one thing that, um, where the movie kind of shifted and I didn't miss it the first time around, but I was kind of, I'm trying to watch it. You know, i me and you watch movies. That's why we got to watch them at least two times. Cause I'm watching it. I'm taking notes. I'm watching it. I'm trying to get into it for whatever reason, whether it's for the pod or for personal. And I miss certain shit. One thing that I saw this time around and finally click like, oh shit, that's how we got from A to B. Um, George Sims, George Sims and new new haven connecticut black panther chapter leader george sams this is a real person by the way um so i had a couple people hit me and ask me like yo was dog a real that was a real thing alex rackley was really tortured and murdered george sams was really the rat rackley was really set up
0: apparently the head of security is the always the rat man man um so george sams even even with um malcolm his head Facts. of security Facts. was a, was
2: the rat. Watch your hey. They say the one closest to you.
0: The head of security. Don't trust that nigga.
2: Watch that head of security, dog. So George Sam's comes to uh to Chicago, say he on the run, say he down there because hey we had a rat in the in the New Haven chapter, and we beat his ass, killed him.
0: No, that's not what I said. I so said we gave his face some discipline. Man. I gave his nose some discipline. Man. Then we gave the side of his head some discipline.
2: Man. They beat him. They tortured, him. They poured boiling water on his dick. They did a lot of shit to dog.
0: This is where I also was like, yo, this nigga's a horrible liar.
2: Yeah. Man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, <should laughs> I like, killed me. Kill that nigga too. I've seen. You know how many niggas I've seen do this exact same thing? Like, I yeah. know it. Yeah. Like, it's a whole bunch of men I, man, that shit, nigga. That was if, me. If I would have been down there, you know, it felt like that episode of the Wayne's Brothers uh, when old dude was in, was in there, it was like, yo, I'm crazy out of
2: man. And it's like, no, you wouldn't have, dog. That ain't how that goes. But it was wild because George Sam sitting there lying his damn self, not about what they did, but about dog Alex Rackley being the the rat. And it's like, nigga, you a informant too,
0: bro? Got another nigga killed. Man, because they got hip. Man, so and what? Then, I, what I was, I wasn't. What I was not sure about is, did Roy Mitchell know before or after about George Sam's? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, in the movie, it looked like after.
0: It, it so at first it looked like after the movie, Man. but then later on, um, like Hoover and the, and the other nigga yeah. was like, you know about George Sam's. You, I'm, you, I'm sure you're familiar with George yeah. Sam's, right? I, I'm, Okay, somebody. What is that? Oh, it's the office over Uh, It's the office over there. Uh, office over Man, there. that shit
2: sounded like the purge, dog. Yeah. I was like.
0: Because, you know, whenever we do having an event, the, it come through here and got shit. Got you. Uh,
2: no, that really felt like the purge. I'm like, hey, we talking about these Panthers too loudly. They hear us.
0: You're right. Yeah, hold on, ain't gonna, hold
2: on real quick. <laughs> Make sure that ain't come through the audio.
0: Oh, shit. George George Sams was up in this motherfucker. But look, it's
2: wild, too, because I remember when I was researching for it, I was like, uh, I hope at a certain point the feds don't get me for how many times I done typed COINTELPRO into this phone. (laughs) No, we getting uh, getting some real purgy audio from one of the other tenants in the building. I don't know how I feel about it. Niggas is out here. And they sound like J. Edgar Hoover, too. (laughs) No, just like you do in a movie. It really <laughs> does sound like Martin Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover. Salute to Martin Sheen for playing that creepy-ass nigga correctly, because he felt like a creepy hoe-ass nigga in this movie, too.
0: That nigga Jay Edgar Hoover was a fucking cross-dresser. Oh, he was so many things. He was a wild boy. He, he was wild He was high build.
2: heels and panties and he shit. He was wild bill, Wild Jay. Anyway, <laughs> nigga, you wild Jay. <laughs> 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 All right, man. So, uh, no, but one of the things that I thought again with the with the George Sam shit, it was the reveal, right? When Mitchell learns it to that point that you was asking like did he know before? Or at least when it looked like he learns it, he looked like, "Oh shit. It ain't just me, nigga." Like, I thought they was just giving me some special type shit. Like I was demanding, it's like, "No, nigga, every one of these agents got somebody in here, dog." And when that other agent told him, "Yeah, we just had Sam's kill this Alex Rackley kid and now he over here and it's like damn dog but that's when it hit me like nigga it could have been anybody involved in any of this because everybody was a fucking rat not everybody but so many people nine were rats. People. Nine people in this one chapter at the was time rats.
0: That, at the time that Fred got assassinated he yeah. had nine rats in the Panthers in the Chicago version.
2: Yeah. Uh. That shit is, it's scary, dog, because it makes you look at everybody like.
0: And also, it should, it should be a fair warning. If you go and join a a, a crew or not a crew, that's not the right word. But if you go and join a movement, yeah. why don't you join with good intentions? Yeah, Don't, don't join and still be doing dirt on the side because nobody can hold some shit over you if you're not doing no dirt on the side. Niggas didn't hold nothing over Fred Hampton's head because he wasn't doing nothing on the side. Mm-hmm. You had to go get somebody else, compromise them, and then use them mm-hmm. to get to him. This don't do can you be a regular human being?
2: But that's again, man, survival tactics. That's motherfuckers that tell you what they would do if they were in a similar position as Bill O'Neill, right? But these are the same motherfuckers, fam, the feds ain't never approached you and told you about doing no Fed time. So to sit here and tell me what you would or wouldn't do
0: at 17, I know what I wouldn't have been doing, though, is, is, is stealing niggas' cars and, and impersonating the uh, FBI. I wouldn't have been impersonating the FBI. You fin- know what
2: I'm saying? And that's, But that's the part we never want to say what we wouldn't be doing, Because
0: right? everybody always,
2: well, the cops did this. Yeah. After you did something wrong. All that shit was a response. It was a reaction. And if you don't put yourself in that fucked up position- Because, again- Dan had shit on Fred. They had to make up some shit to even get Fred. Yeah. But once he went behind, Bill O'Neill rises up in the in the organization. He starts to make friends. He starts to become useful. Right. He knows how to do these alarms. When the when the uh, headquarters got burned down, he knows how to uh, rebuild the headquarters. Like we putting up drywall and we. And I watched
0: that too. Yeah. Um. The real version of that. Yeah, I heard when, people talking about the real version that. I've he heard like, that
2: that was the feds. That's what I heard. I heard the feds had a, a big part in actually helping them, like not helping the Panthers, but like giving them resources to rebuild.
0: Well, no, the the entire neighborhood actually came, came out. out. Okay. And, um, okay. The, the entire neighborhood now, the people from the quote unquote neighborhood could have been some of the it, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I put a bug inside the drywall while I'm, mm, I'm. You know, what I'm saying yeah. I'm doing it. There's a, it's a spy thing that's on Netflix, yeah, right now. Um, that's a thing. Okay, like America, we built a building for different countries, yeah, and literally bugged the poles and the stuff inside of the building before the building was going up, just for to do shit like. So that. We gonna hear this shit. Yeah, we gonna um, hear this shit. But that's the thing. And when
2: we talk about COINTELPRO, the counterintelligence program, they're getting this intelligence various ways. It ain't just coming from rats. It ain't just coming from informants. It's illegal wiretaps. It's searches and seizures and stealing and all kinds of shit.
0: Um, Ms. Johnson, she was even saying that uh, Deborah Johnson, he was like, look, we came into this knowing that our phones will be tapped. That mm-hmm. will probably be followed. Police will pull us over and everything like that. We didn't expect us to be infiltrated by. We didn't. We didn't expect that. Yeah. Kwame didn't expect. I didn't know that there was text messages that was late. We yeah. texting was new. Yeah. I didn't know there was a log of that shit. Yeah. In the In of every the, single message I've ever fucking yeah. typed up ever. Yeah. Now in today's date, you know damn well that that shit is somewhere. Yeah. I think we should think about that more. Oh, man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Man, no, what we're going
2: to do is get defensive and tell you we, uh, to stop policing
0: people. Well, technically, if you. Use iMessage, (laughs) then 128 megabit encrypted, and there's not a a file. (laughs) but that's neither here nor there. But
2: even even to to just the phones in general, not just with text messages, but the shit that we post and the shit we put online and the shit that we put out into the universe. Like you may very well be able to keep your text. It's a scam. But boy, guess what? You don't control. Guess what? You can't control. We don't the
0: internet. You can't
2: control an app.
0: We don't need counterintelligence. Now you tell us all the information. Yeah.
2: No, it's it's uh, you tell
0: me where you're at. Your location is enabled.
2: It's fucking uh, I know who you talk to. We're not getting counterintelligence because we're getting fucking first person intelligence. You're telling me all the shit I need to know.
0: I know everybody you've been friends with since you were in elementary school. Man, man. And guess what? All y'all do is talk about it all the
2: time. On the internet. And live. Since I
0: know where all of your friends, I know who all of your friends, I know where you be at. Yeah. And I know who all of your friends, and I know who all your friends be at. So if I'm ever looking for you, I, I know every place you're gonna possibly go.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about um Fred Lincoln with the young patriots and the young lords and and developing the Rainbow Coalition. Um that scene, because that was right before he got arrested in the film. That scene where he goes to speak with the young patriots. I felt like they kind of, and again, it's a film. We're not going to get everything in detail. I get it. But I felt like the conversation after the funeral of the Young Lords leader that got killed or a member that got killed, and then when they sort of had the Young Lords talk for
0: like a minute. That was a a time jump.
2: Yeah, they jumped. And I, I felt like the scene with the Young Patriots was a little more like, they told me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like we kind of, we saw that conversation, but the convo they had was deep, man. When the Panthers walked in there off top, you see this big ass Confederate flag on the back wall.
0: So listen, unpopular, popular, unpopular, I don't know. You know how some white folks be like, when we see that flag, we don't see racism, Southern we see heritage. our heritage. Yeah. I believe some of them.
2: I'm from Alabama. I I I 100% believe yeah. some of
0: them. Um, different things have different meanings to, to different, different people. people. Facts. Um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't. It's not offensive. Yeah. To me, but that if you like that flag, the same one that we watched on Deuce or Hazard for fucking years yeah. and no one yeah. cared. Um, it don't it seem like they would have shit. Should, they should have cared when Duca Hazard was on, because that was more closely to. they no, like, niggas wanted to hop in the front seat. Of they fucking wet. But like that was like in the 70s right after the civil rights. It seemed like that would have been more of a bigger thing. But anyway. um, We got more in common with poor white people than you might
2: be led to believe, bro. Um, Again, being from down south, my entire family on both sides from down south, literally top to bottom. Every single person is from Birmingham, Alabama or neighboring cities. The Confederate flag for what it represents to a lot of black people, that's where it's problematic for me. But as far as when I see it, how I respond to it, depends on the person, dog. I'm going to just keep it real because I know some.
0: I didn't, I didn't, I never, I, I, I did not always have a negative feeling yeah. with the Confederate flag because I didn't know what it was hey. when Dukes or Hazard was on. I had hey. no idea. I thought it was a fucking, I don't, it never crossed my mind
2: hey. to ever care like, about it. It bothers me more when I see. Michigan born, Michigan raised ass people white folks with a Confederate flag in their window or on their car or on their shit cuz it's like fam what is your southern heritage I don't get it Unless they actually have Southern heritage. And maybe they do. It ain't impossible, but a lot of people use it as a symbol of hatred, now which when I'm say, like,
0: now when I see that's what your, I don't like. The yellow flag with the little gray snake on there and shit. We know what we're talking about. I feel, a, I feel yeah. unsafe around it. But
2: then I've always looked at the Confederate flag like, again, right, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I get why it bothers some black people, so I'm going to stand on the side with the black people who it bothers. But when I see it, I look at it as more stupid, and then I'll be like, they lost. They lost. (laughs) Like, it might represent your hair, but them niggas lost. And the Confederate flag, for me, in my mind, when I look at what the Confederacy was, my nigga, that's treason. My nigga, that's that's an example of y'all really not giving a fuck about this America y'all claim to love so much. For so many white people. You can't tell me how to uphold the American flag and how it's disrespectful to sit during the anthem and stand during the anthem and pray during the anthem and kneel during the anthem. But then you got a Confederate flag.
0: But, but. So the other side of that coin is before the Civil War, mm-hmm. we think that you're fucking up America. Mm. The Confederates know nigga, this is America. This is new America. And y'all over here are trying to make us change into mm-hmm. something different. And essentially, y'all mad because we got free slave labor, y'all don't. And mm-hmm. y'all want even a financial playing field. Mm-hmm. And we don't think it's fair. Um, if you niggas want free labor. Then use get the free slaves. <laughs> And that's what they... That's essentially that, what they fought yeah. for or fought over. Yeah, If y'all want some free
2: labor, free labor, get some slaves. If you want to be mad at us, fight us. And they fought. But then the Confederacy lost. That's how it went down. But I look at the Confederate flag similarly to, to how I look at when, like, neo-Nazis get the fucking swastika put on them. I look at it the same... They lost. <laughs> like, that's what I never understood. Like... I get what it might represent. I get that it might represent something you believe in. But they lost. You want to be a loser? You a loser-ass nigga? Like, come on, bro. You a loser-ass white nigga? So when they walked in, when the Panthers walked into this room with the Young Patriots, saw that flag on the back, they immediately did what most black people would do. When did they you know why the they room. was there? I had no clue what this scene was yeah. going to represent. I, I literally didn't know, which is, again, why I thought that this scene was more effective than when they introduced the Young Lords, because it was like, Oh, y'all kind of walked me into some shit. I don't really know what I'm looking at right now. And I also didn't know that these were the young Patriots. I didn't know that this was what it became. Um, And when they went in there, all the Panthers responded to that flag how most black people would respond when they see a full room full of white people with that flag. No hanging
0: fruit. And then the white folks responded back. What are you talking about? It's my heritage.
2: And And then dogs, I like dogs that stepped out and was like. My parents were sharecroppers. Fam, I grew up poor. I grew up poor because that's the thing, dog. Like,
0: <laughs> so, oh man, so white people, just because you was poor, don't mean you black. Like the, the, the black struggle is not only poor, but some white people who think they grew since because they grew up out of poverty, they feel that we're on the same page. No, nigga, mm-hmm. that's a part of our struggle. The other is. You want to kill me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's there, the other there, part. There is no blending in. You won't even allow me to survive on my own. Like it's not the same. It's yeah. similar. That's why I say we have more in common than, with than poor th- white yeah. people than you have with a lot. But nigga, we not the same. No, nah, our struggle will never be the same.
2: That's just it's, it's no way around it. <laughs> it's no way around it. But I love that they showed that scene with the young Patriots. I wish they would have again developed it a little
0: bit more. I thought it was cool, man. But that, uh, I, I love the scene though, and uh, how he got out. And he basically was like, "No, what if the overseers and the slaves would have both joined up and killed the masters?" Ooh, ooh. And he started getting up, talking about we wouldn't be in this ghetto here, nigga. I'm not talking about the 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 metaphorical ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> no, nigga, this dusty ass building. I just had a fucking argument with a rat in the parking lot for a parking space. This actual building, we wouldn't be here. Yeah yeah what is your and then he got to like if your house is on fire what's your religion man man water and escape that's it we we can we can worry about everything else later let's get out this burning house first that's it because once you and your and your significant other could be having a knockdown, drag out uh malcolm marie fight mm-hmm. and that bitch get on fire you motherfuckers is happy as fuck y'all got out yeah and all that argument and shit, don't matter. We can pick the argument up later. Water and escape.
2: That's it. And That's y'all gonna hug each
0: other. You. you okay? I'm all right. I made it. Boom, boom, boom. We can figure out the details and everything else. Can we get out this burning motherfucking house first?
2: Man. Then uh, after Fred gets arrested for stealing the ice cream, membership is impacted, right? Um, shit. Bill O'Neill reports back like, yo, nigga. Uh, I, 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 we getting less members we getting less donations
0: like like it this could have had to be no longer than seven months
2: man again fred joined in 67. late 67 i mean like they went crazy in 68. she
0: she was eight months pregnant when he got a got out of jail yeah i think so but because Basically, it was it was less than nine months because yeah. the baby wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> less than eight she, months. She was eight and a half months because she took it twenty five days after he passed yeah. after he was murdered. Um, so,
2: um, when when the whole shit with George Sams happened while he was locked up, whoop uh, Agent Mitchell went to go get a warrant for Sims only to find out he was the informant. That changed shit. But then what he did with it, they used the warrants to. Charge all the chapters with harboring a fugitive. So they was basically having Sam's go on a tour. Go everywhere.
0: Cause my man was like, wait a minute. So you know Sam's was he out didn't informant. Yeah. And he knew he killed such and such. And Y'all is gonna we let him, do? him. Like, what the fuck? No, I nigga.
2: It was like, nah, he going on a world tour, because now we could take these warrants for harboring a fugitive and legally raid every one of these headquarters.
0: Cause since we know he the killer, every time you walk up in a in a like, oh, okay. But can you is it harboring a fugitive if you've never charged him with a crime? Or did y'all do some behind the back...
2: Well, he don't got to be charged with a crime if he going in... Technically, he going in there saying, even though he ain't saying it outright, but he's saying,
0: How do I know we did fugitive? this to this Alex. Well, you're not a fugitive if you haven't committed the crime yet.
2: Yeah, but if you're saying we did a little number on his face, did a little number, you telling him without telling him.
0: Well, I'm saying that's that's still... So I'm wondering if behind the scenes, they mm-hmm. officially filed some paperwork that maybe he didn't to fucking know. say we looking know. for
2: this nigga. Or like, oh, we charging
0: with a yeah. crime. In the court system yeah. and just held it. Cause like, how do you how are you harboring a fugitive if he's not a fugitive yet? Yeah. He, he he a whole damn fugitive, don't even fucking know it.
2: Fucking feds, man. And then while while they're doing that, they raid the headquarters, come in there, still a lot of paperwork. Again, this is a legal raid, dog. And imagine them doing this all the chapters smaller chapters chapters not as powerful as Chicago fucking uh, the feds dog then Jimmy Palmer got shot Jimmy Palmer was was young dog Ashton Sanders he walking down the street he saw some cops him and some brothers up in the in the store the laundromat wherever the hell they was at he walked in there hey officers which all the rest of them brothers for? hey kid get the fuck out he put his hand on his gun just in case. Officer drew his shit. They shot at each other. Jimmy caught a couple. He go to the hospital. He was alive, though. That's when uh when Jake went to go visit his mans, go see him, see what's going down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cops wouldn't let Jake in there. Okay, so I'm going to talk to him through the door. He let him know, Jimmy, we out here. We love you. We got love for you. I know you alive. Can't wait to see you back, my nigga. Then he find out later. Jimmy got transferred to another hospital, wound up dead. That right there. Like, come on, dog. They breaking y'all down from the inside out.
0: Uh the one thing that happened before this was the shootout and the burning down mm, of the of headquarters. You're the right, headquarters. you're right. Um at first was, on the first watch, I didn't understand why y'all shot out with the like why you pull out the gun in the window and shit. Like I didn't I didn't understand that shit. But then it wasn't to the second watch. I heard them saying, We got a warrant. Um, come on down before we come in. Yeah. And they like, y'all, y'all not coming up in this month. Nah. Not nah. again, so. um, Bill O'Neill, hoe. Facts. <laughs> uh, nigga try to dip out. I'm gonna go. We trying to get this shit cracking, and you trying to run upstairs. Fan.
2: He pulled it. Yo, I'm gonna go to the roof. But you see why he did that. I, I went up there so I could tell them or make them say, "Hey, sniper on the roof." Now we, should. because they hadn't engaged in no shooting yet. It was just a lot of gun pointing. And but then when you see, "Hey, sniper on the roof."
0: No, I thought that nigga was trying to get the fuck
2: on. I thought well, he so was going, at going out first. He was, but when he went downstairs, my man was down there.
0: I thought he was trying to hide on the fucking roof to be perfectly. So honest. no,
2: I, he was trying to lead a building. But when it, so when you when you rewatch it, initially he tell her I'm about to go to the roof. Then when he go, he don't even look at them roof steps. He, he go trying down. to go downstairs. Get and the when he fuck went home. down, he saw my man down there. So we like, like fuck. fuck. So then he go to the roof. Oh sniper up there! But what that did once they got to shooting, my man who's downstairs comes up to help her. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm saying is yeah. when he
0: went outside on the roof. I thought he was looking way for a way oh, down and get, get the up. fuck on.
2: See, I thought he was intentionally trying to get my man up to start shooting so then he could leave and go
0: back down. Oh, he ain't that smart. Uh, Well, he could be. I don't yeah, know. But man. like when he went to look around and see if he can get the way down, they saw him and sh- threw a shot and then he dug down. Yeah. And then he somehow got the fuck off the roof and yeah. slid it through the back where mm-hmm. there was no police at in the and back. And
2: no police. Panthers, no, it was nobody in the back. The back like, was clear as all shit. Oh that nigga should have
0: dipped out the back then. <laughs> I was
2: like, uh, okay, I guess the the back,
0: cool, nigga. I'm glad Deborah went home. Like yeah. they, you know. Yeah, like they asked her to. She told her, like, yo, nigga, uh, I know what
2: time it is. Yeah, now. you get the fuck out of here. Shit. And I I see me throwing up a shit Before I saw what happened, I was also glad that Jake wasn't in there either. Cause I'm like, all right, we we still keeping a band together. Um, one person, they didn't he was in it, he was active. But maybe his role wasn't as impactful as I would have liked it to be. But salute to the homie every time we see him on screen. Roller. The homie roller yeah. in the building. You know, he building. is.
0: Uh, did, when he didn't. Well, you, you know his character name in this movie.
2: Hmm.
0: Bring it up. because I think he ended up being like the mayor or some shit.
2: Oh, was he supposed to be Bill Hurst?
0: I, can't, I, think, I think he was supposed to be Bill Hurst. Yeah, because he left that day and wasn't. He left the night of Fred's assassination because or, he,
2: pardon me, not Bill Hurt, Bobby Rush.
0: Yes, Bobby, Bobby Rush. Rush. I think and I think Bobby that's Rush who. Bobby Rush is
2: who recruited Fred to the Panthers. Yeah, I think
0: so, I think that's who he was supposed to be
2: playing. He was a councilman. That's what he was. He was a councilman in Chicago. He went to Oakland, kicked it with the National Panther Committee, and he came back with the mandate to start the Chicago chapter. And then when he came back, he recruited Fred. And they who said, was
0: the NAACP? Yeah, the um, youth uh, yeah. chairman.
2: The NAACP youth chairman. And one thing Bobby Rush has said about it, I'm glad we brought that up because I didn't realize that's who he was playing. But in real life, one thing Bobby Rush said about it was like, yo, I'm a councilman in this city. I was kicking it with the National Panther Committee. But who do I want to lead our shit? nigga? <laughs> this young man right here. Because he can do this better than I'll ever be able to do it, dog. And you know what was crazy? He was only two years older than Fred. He wasn't like his super senior <laughs> Like fam, I'm two years older than you, but as much as you might be my junior, I can absolutely one hundred percent say you can say it way better than I can. Uh you can lead these people way better than I can. So salute to him again. They didn't show a lot about his character,
0: but yeah, I Yeah. He's a member of the United the House of Representatives yeah, currently. Yeah. Uh he's been there since ninety three. Um he was on the Chicago City Council uh, from the 83 to ninety-three. And then he went there. Uh, yeah, so that's who we was. Yeah, Bobby Rush. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of interviews when he was young younger, and he said he was there that night, yeah. but he dipped. And then Roller left yeah. like I'm going yeah, I'm, I'm about I'm to go out with the family. Yeah.
2: About to go get with my family. I see y'all. Yeah. Left early. He ain't spent a night like most of them did. Um so maybe, well, look, here's, here's where, here's where my thoughts were during that scene, right? When he leaves and he sort of announces I'm leaving early. One of the famous, or I guess infamous pictures of Judas in several versions of the Bible uh, and paintings and shit from that era is Judas leaving the last supper early. He was first one out the door. Like, yo, y'all having a ball? I don't want to be here. Cause I know what's going down tomorrow. I see y'all get up out of here. I so I right didn't now. think that, but I ain't getting into Bobby Rush business. Cause
0: he's still here. He's still here, which and, is wild, right? It, because like he alive right now in a, in the U.S. House of Representatives. Where would he was a councilman back then? So
2: you was a government official at the time.
0: Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is this day and age, um. Fred Hampton would still be could be still alive, mm-hmm. and who knows where he would have went. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah. And and I mean, again, the, the the growth is crazy. But again, when you look at Bobby Rush, and I'm not conspiracy theory here, but I'm just throwing some shit out there. Yeah, this was the man, mandating and chartering the Chicago chapter. This was the man that recruited Fred Hampton to lead the Chicago chapter. This was the man that mentored and coached and listened to. And the whole time he was a city councilman. He worked for the government. (laughs) Guess who killed Fred Hampton? The government. Guess who left early from dinner on the night Fred Hampton was about to be assassinated? Bobby Rush. Guess who left early from dinner the day before Jesus was killed?
0: Is or he crucified. Jesus Judas. or Judas?
2: I'm just saying it's something there, but hey, if y'all salute ran, to Bobby
0: Rush. If y'all watched those videos I told y'all to watch um about Steve Coakley mm-hmm. um and the assassination of MLK and how Jesse Jackson was the devil, y'all mm-hmm. would know where that line came from. Is he Jesus or Judas?
2: Something else I found out, uh yeah, not not major, but it was interesting. I just felt like hitting that button. They <laughs> talked about, nigga, I thought we turned 93 and I didn't know what happened. Uh, but they talked about how much back then, uh, Jesse Jackson and Fred Hampton had like a little unspoken competition in Chicago. Cause
0: That's why he stole his name, Red McCarroll shit?
2: Because Jesse Jackson was looking like, yo, nigga, I'm the man. I'm with Dr. King. Like I'm known globally around this bitch. We knew you was a rat, Jesse. And who was this <laughs>
0: Jesse, you been a rat. We know you a rat. Who, who is this kid right here that people
2: telling is a better leader in Chicago than me? I'm Jesse Jackson.
0: Nigga, Jesse Jackson's alive, my nigga. What are we, we talking about MLK? Nigga, Man. Jesse Jackson is still alive.
2: Through, but that's the Bobby Rush point. Look at everybody that was around. And not only is you still alive, you alive and well.
0: Ain't went to jail. Ain't went
2: nowhere, huh? Woof, woof. Oh, damn, my nigga. It's crazy how that work. But again, all these leaders for the black panthers killed bobby rush you literally mandated the start of this chapter it don't come to life without you brother and you living that it's it's just it's a wild thing to connect but anyway fred got out of jail got out on appeal while he got out
0: man it's when he was in prison um I mean, you know, they they show them scrapping with the, the CEOs and everything. But after they burned down that fucking building yeah, and they uh opened this cell up, a little slot like it's over, and gave them that goddamn news clipping. Yeah. Boy, that shit he hurt. was hurt. Man, that he shit was hurt. hurt. That hurt me. Because
2: look at this thing I built in this very short amount of time. And them eyes,
0: he, eye, he couldn't believe it.
2: What we just talked about though, Daniel Kaluuya with the eyes, bro. Them, them,
0: man, I can't, Come
2: on, man. And they they be like perfectly red to let you know I've been crying, <laughs> but I'm also mad, but I'm also infuriated, but I'm also hurt, but I'm also man. Shit is crazy. But um, when he got out, one of the first things he did, he went to go see Jake's mom. Oh, cause Jake got killed during this no, time. First
0: thing he did was take me to the uh, take me to the headquarters because yeah, he yeah. thought it was still burned yeah, down. Thought it
2: was burned down. He went there, saw they had fixed it up. They told him, hey. The crowns came by, the community came by, like we all got together. This nigga helped out? Yeah. They was like, he practically was sleeping here. And Bobby or uh, Bill O'Neill just sitting there, like, yeah, I was sleeping in this motherfucking like, man. Because low key, I was calling the feds from this bitch, nigga.
0: And uh, found out that uh, Jake got the call that old yeah. boy died and shit. Yeah. So
2: Jake was hurt. Jake was hurt. When he learned his man got killed, Jimmy Palmer, furious. He ran up out of there and. He was trying to find some answers, man. And like we alluded to, he kind of went about it the wrong way. Um, you so what you going to do?
0: All right, fine. Police took him out of here and killed him. Now what's your next move? Like I think you, that
2: who? was his move, the shootout with the cops. I don't know if that's what he intended. But there was nothing else he was going to do but have a shootout with the cops if he was trying to avenge this shit. And he had it, whether it was intentional or not. His man called the cops. Said, hey, this crazy nigga outside my crib with a gun on him, like, y'all come get him. They found him. He got into the shootout.
0: Why wouldn't you just go home, my nigga?
2: Yeah, why are you in the fucking uh, plant? Plant running the oil, around.
0: The oil plant. You he, at the he, oil rig. You heard him say, yeah, right across the oil rig, and then you run into the oil rig. And you ran into the
2: oil rig. Maybe he thought they was going to go across from the oil rig. I don't know, nigga, but he dead in the middle of the oil rig shooting out with the cops. Caught a couple of them. He got a couple bodies off, and then they got him. He killed two cops. Yeah. And uh, Fred went to go visit his mom, and his mom said something real powerful. She said, Those folks, though, they tried to paint him as a cold blooded killer. He did that. He mm-hmm. did. But that ain't all he did. Tell him about my Jake, Chairman. It just doesn't seem fair that that's his legacy.
0: Man. What well, she said. Oh, he. One. She said he did that. He one, did. One second, though. This. Might have been the best acted scene in the movie, by the way. Like this, yeah. like yeah, you couldn't tell me that woman ain't just lose her son in real. Life. She was, uh, and, she was hurt, and the 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 level of care and concern that uh that Daniel's character did at the, like this was perfect. Yeah. And how she was talking and oh, he did that like yeah. the, the, her 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 voice tone, her inflection, mm-hmm. how she kind of shook her head like this, like I'm not I'm. There's no doubt in my mind that what they said he did, he did it. I'm not doubting it, but I bet you them two cops that killed such and such, yeah, their parents not getting no fucking death threats like they they they, they harassing because the and phone shit.
2: rang when she was talking to chairman, and he was like, "You want me to get that?" She
0: said, "No, just let it ring." And she ain't want to talk about this was a this was a tough scene.
2: Yeah, it, like, was. it was
0: my, my the, the 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 my feeling receptors was going crazy.
2: It kind of brought you back to reality after Fred got out and they go to headquarters and you see, hey, shit been saved. And then when they learn that uh, Jimmy Palmer got killed and Jake run off and then Jake go out and get killed, it's like, damn, shit is fucked up. But this scene kind of lets you know just how fucked up it is. Like, don't get nothing twisty. You home, but ain't shit safe right now,
0: nigga. And like, um, it's one of these things where it's like, you know you're going up against a uh, to a certain extent an unstoppable force, mm-hmm. and we gotta kind of play this shit smart. Like on some defend defend your shit. Let me fight out with whoever so I can make it home is one thing, but like you know you're not really about to go to war with the police, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: you can't. You you can't. You can't. You're not winning that, bro. So we probably do need to still fight on this political side, mm-hmm. but all the extra shit, like, fam, you know how this shit is gonna end. Yeah, and we had that convers. They had that conversation.
2: Yeah, and um, kind of going up against
0: the war, going up
2: against the unstoppable force, when uh Bill O'Neill showed him
0: the C4 in the
2: trunk, he thought he was doing something like, oh, 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 oh wait, wait, wait.
0: This, this the this the one of the most impactful scenes in the movie. So after he have the conversation uh-huh, with his mom, uh-huh. they go to him talking for the first time that he since he's been out. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sets up the scene that we about to talk about now. But the whole I am a revolutionary. Yeah. You know, oh my god! I am a revolutionary. Woo! The whole scene where Roy is yeah. actually. At
2: Man, he at the college or the wherever they was at in this scene.
0: Bro I spent a lot of time trying to figure out is this nigga a white albino? (laughs) He looks it. He had a I Googled um The actor. Fake back fake Matt Damon. Uh, Fat Matt Damon. Yeah. They used to call him something Damon. Jesse uh, Plemons. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was he played opposite Matt he's, Damon. Yeah. By the way,
2: I've seen him in a few things. He's, he's a good been, actor.
0: He's been in a ton of shit. He's he was in actor. uh fucking Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Looking as pale as he want to look, but he 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 a white albino. Yeah. And in this scene, Cause I'm like, oh, so is he supposed to be black? Oh man, you know what he killed it in Black Mass. Yeah. Black Mass, which was a great movie, by the way. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, Johnny Depp. Y'all gotta see it. In this scene, though, know, it was so wild. Like Mike? <laughs> because he's sitting there and he clapping, he chanting, he doing I, I'm one of the, the little white hipster revolutionaries who ain't and the whole time he's looking at Bill O'Neill. Kill a cop
0: with a little satisfaction.
2: Man. <laughs> Kill a couple of cops. Kill a couple of cops, get most satisfaction kill them all, get complete Complete satisfaction. satisfaction.
0: I'm thinking like, yo.
2: And you just, and it's fucked up because during all the meetings that uh, Mitchell and Bill O'Neill would have, Bill would always say something to the effect of like, they not as bad as y'all telling me. Like he was giving them them little nuggets. Like he literally said,
0: these ain't no damn terrorists. See, the thing is like, what like rhetoric like that. Yeah. I could one hundred percent mean that shit in the moment, mm-hmm. but I don't mean that shit,
2: fam. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it to to lead up to the scene that we about to discuss. That's exactly what it was, nigga. I'm saying it,
0: but I don't mean this literally. I'm like not if even I can saying ki- we're unwilling because in real that. life, if I could kill a kid, a cop, I would literally have a little satisfaction. Hey, not me. Yeah, but like if. I was to kill a few more. If all of them was gone, I would literally have complete satisfaction. I was complete satisfaction, something that we don't actually have in real life. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. You'll never be completely satisfied with
2: anything. Yeah. and and But for all the scenes that he told Mitchell, yo, they're not that bad. They're not as bad as you telling me. They're not, the, they not akin to the Ku Klux Klan. When Mitchell finally comes to an event to hear this speech and he hears, kill a cop, give satisfaction, kill a few more. It's the most satisfaction. Kill them all. Complete. Sa- he has everything he needs to say. Let's take him down.
0: So, I, so peep this. You know, I fuck with the um, a lot of the teachings of the minister and Facts. a lot of all them. Facts and Khaled Muhammad. And, you know, there's certain language that you can that you can hear, and if you look listen to that clip, you would understand why somebody would think this was a quote unquote bad organization.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure it's the same for the white folks and they white and they KKK's and all they... But you know what
2: it is? It's sound bites. Yeah. That's all it is. It's the same reason why when we had reviews of certain episodes of season three of The Shy, where we had to say, yo, don't cancel us from this one thing we're saying in this three hour conversation or, or this one topic we're addressing in this three hour conversation. When you grab a sound bite, a lot of people literally like we were talking about earlier with Malcolm and Maya Angelou and Martin at certain points in their life, if you had grabbed a soundbite from how they were living, that would have been all we ever fucking knew about them. They had to have the chance to evolve and have the remainder of the the things happen in their life for them to become great. They had to experience all the shit they went through to get to that level. A lot of people don't get the chance to experience yeah. it, which I think is what makes uh, Fred Hampton so dope is because you had a very short window. Your window was cut short. I mean, the window wasn't even open. Not even the window. Nigga, your life was short. Your whole life was 21 years, dog. And the, the, the part of it that we know was as short as anything could possibly be. But in that short moment, look how impactful you were. God damn. But imagine had he, so you ever, you ever thought about it? Like I've had these conversations before where I'll be like, yo,
0: Imagine Emmett Till got who he slipped across the street from you got murdered by the police in front of you. Like the, 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 the hey, when he we, was 14. Like we aren't as much as people say, mm-hmm. I mean, how you want to make this past summer feel like it was the civil rights movement, yeah. and all that shit. No, most of that shit for show. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And most of the shit in the 60s could have been for show sure, for, for all I yeah. fucking know too. Like we're not living in that time right now. No, we're not. Police are definitely still killing black folks mm-hmm. for sure. But like it's it's not the same.
2: No, it's what what was happening back then was downright brazen. It was it was open and in your motherfucking face without and fear was, retribution. It was daily, in every city across the country. It was daily. This happened daily here currently, twenty twenty one. Even last summer, twenty twenty. All the things that we experienced last year with Ahmaud Arbery and George uh, Floyd and and Breonna Taylor, as horrible as those things were and as close as they felt. Fam, imagine every
0: day being George Floyd.
2: Times 10, though, in your city.
0: And imagine there been a beat cop walking down your street and fucking you up on a daily. Man. And there was no fear of retribution. Right now, even though it may not seem like it, them motherfuckers scared they're going to get caught on camera doing something.
2: Hey, we get pissed like, yo, these niggas get suspended without pay or with pay for a couple months and then they be back on the job if they not found guilty. Guess what? Back then, nothing was happening. Them niggas woke up and went back to work and killed another nigga that next day and lynched another nigga that next day and it's funny cuz again when i was reading the the um the defined version of COINTELPRO, pro and when i mentioned that the very last thing mentioned is and other organizations like the Ku Klux Klan, after they mentioned all these other great organizations that were about good shit, then they lastly mentioned the Ku Klux Klan like they weren't really supposed to be a part of the orgs that the COINTELPRO were actually looking at. It's because, guess what? Law enforcement was the Ku Klux Klan. All them niggas was in it. All them little small town police sheriffs and captains and all that who was in... Nigga, these was the Ku Klux Klan.
0: And the reason that the type of person that we're in the, in those times and the type of person that we are right now is a, a, a phrase somebody said on an episode of shop talk a couple weeks ago. Um, your mortality motivation is different. Mm. The whole idea behind mortality motivation is fam, if you, if you know you got four days to live, yeah, the, the, the way that you go about doing things is going to be different. Yeah. Or if you know that your 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 mortality <laughs> is uh, you got a different motivation for life when you know it can be taken from you at any moment. Facts. Now we know that right now, but it was a little bit more prevalent. It like was in you, your
2: face every day you woke up back then.
0: Like if you out here hunting for food and you know every time you go out there, there's fucking lion out there. Yeah. Or some shit. The your shit. Mort- your your motiva- your motivation to live is a little bit different. It's like when humans uh-huh. typically or males. Uh, humans usually, I'll just talk for, 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 for some men, men. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, humans need to come to the precipice of something before they're to be changed. Mm. Um, sometimes that's experience when males is, yo know, I fucked up in this relationship so many times. This person is literally about to walk on my life. Man. Now let me change some to, shit.
2: I got to get it right.
0: Right. Um, it can manifest itself in other ways. Yo, I was jacking off in school, not literally. Man. And now I'm about to, I'm on academic probation. Now I'm about to get kicked out. Let me take this seriously. Yeah. Um, that motivation is different. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta be pressed to the precipice. Yeah. In that era, they was at the precipice. Every day. You know what I'm saying? Every hour of every day.
2: Fam, like, and again, you know what? Cause because it speaks to what I said earlier when we were talking about like, we're spoiled. And when I say we're spoiled, that's not to take away from the fact that, yeah, we still have plenty of struggles in our own uh, civil rights here in 2021. But, dog, look at the Arab fam. They just literally not a couple years before that were given the right to go to school with white people. (laughs) I don't, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that was a whole other thing. But, like, think about that. They were just allowed a couple years prior to that to be able to Piss in the same bathroom as white people. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: they should have did that shit the other way around.
2: Like fought to never have to fucking uh,
0: <laughs> no, uh, nigga. Y'all white folks can come to our schools. Mm. We ain't got why the fuck we gotta go to y'all's.
2: Oh, you already know that integration.
0: You know what I'm saying? We integrated the wrong way.
2: Yeah, and, and integration the way that we did it in so many areas actually fucked us up a lot more because we got rid of so many.
0: And to be perfectly honest, we ain't never want integration. We just want y'all to stop killing us.
2: Yeah. Because I could have
0: stayed where the fuck I was at. Just stop killing me.
2: Going back to Black Lives Matter, right? I don't like that Black Lives Matter is an organization. And the reason I don't like that Black Lives Matter is an organization because when the term, when the phrase was used, it was literally to say the statement, my black life matters, don't kill me so freely.
0: I'm about to make a new organization called BLM2. And it's going to be Black Lives Matter 2. Yeah. And, and I dare a nigga to say they got a problem with my slogan.
2: But here was the thing, dog. I don't like that the statement that my black life matters, hello, what that's if, it. What I the, don't like that that became like a slogan.
0: Well, what up? the slogan was black lives matter too?
2: Yeah. Well, don't that's it. what it meant. Yeah. But they, but they ain't interpreted like, and, they and, never and that's said the two. thing. Once they... Once it got taken for what it was and became an organization and they had bylaws and this and that and people speaking for them in a the website and all once you do all that and you make it marketable and advertise, now you've you've it's taken this small statement ego and you me. made it some other shit.
0: It's ego though. Because if there was a if if niggas could not understand Black Lives Matter, why did not you just change it to Black Lives Matter too? Boom. Because your ego won't be like, no, nah, fuck that. You should yeah. understand. Well they, fuck it. Clearly they don't. But you know what happens when they turn it into an
2: organization? Now they can make it akin to the Black Panthers, which they've done. They've literally said the Black Lives Matter movement. Fam, it's not a movement. It was literally me saying, hey, please stop freely killing me, dog. Which, to your point— I don't get down with the organization. Is all we, I don't care about the organization. Here's the thing. I'm not even going to say I don't care about it. I don't know or want to know anything about the organization. Because what all I care about was the statement that my Black life mattered. Two, before, after, currently, like my Black Life Matters. And I hate that it became an organization because all that did was kind of shit on the whole point of the statement. Yeah. And now you've made it where they could say, oh, this Black Lives Matter movement is they compare it to the Black Panthers. They compare it to a hate org. And it's like, why is that? That shouldn't even be a thing. It's not an org, bro. Like, fuck. That shit just pissed me off. Anyway, um, Fred's out. He learns that Deborah's pregnant. They have some very deep conversations about mortality, about his life, and what she's gonna tell her son oh, about yeah. his father.
0: That was a powerful scene too, when um when he was uh at that meeting. Yeah, and he was explaining like, I don't think I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. Slipping on, uh, it on no ice. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't gonna, think die, I'm gonna die. I got a bad heart. Yeah. And I actually saw him say this, yeah, by the way, yeah. too, on multiple occasions. Uh, I'm, I'm going to die because I'm high off the people. and uh, I'm going to
2: die because I live
0: for the, for the people. people. And what's so funny, I heard a woman um, quote him mm. and damn near said that shit verbatim. And this was an old video. Yeah. He was like, he'd be out there every day, 6 o'clock in the morning, having people doing their jumping jacks and their push-ups and saying, I'm going to be high off the people. She quoted that shit almost verbatim. Mm. And um, but while she was doing that, and Deborah sitting in front row holding her stomach, talking about you talking about you gonna die for the people. Nigga, we got a, we got a whole baby in here. Man, man. It was
2: it's powerful because it it sort of put the tone of the end of the movie dead in your face. Like you kind of knew, cause I also thought that this movie paced well enough that I wasn't watching time. I wasn't looking for time. I was just kind of sitting back and enjoying what what I was seeing. And then when that conversation came up, it's like, oh shit. I still know how the story ends. And when you realize that, it was like, God damn, dog. Um, what's
0: what's her what's her name? What's the actor who played uh
2: who played uh Deborah? Yeah. Um Dominique Fishback. Yeah. She was marvelous. Excellent. Uh, excellent. She excellent. And she was great in that movie with Jamie Foxx I was on Netflix, yep. um, and and she'd actually been in a few other things.
0: I thought if she was she she. I heard her speaking on a couple of different interviews oh, when man. she got the when she got the uh, the role. There was only two things that she wanted to change mm. or she wanted to add. Yeah, one. Um, though this movie wasn't about her, she wanted her to have more of a voice. Yeah. Um. So that conversation about poetry. Um, she added that in there. Yeah. And the poem that was said in the movie, she actually wrote.
2: Yeah. I read um, that. And, and that it, poem was
0: And um and it was it was something else, but like they oh um and the portion about the diary. Um mm-hmm. the diary the diary was in there because they didn't they wanted to make sure that it didn't look like Fred just used, she just had her because she looked pretty or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. He, he he wanted her because of her mind and she had a mind of her own.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and the conversation about um, poetry and that little back and yeah. forth, even though people normally didn't quote unquote talk out of turn, she thought that was important yeah. um, to show Fred and how he, how he responded and how he listening. And then the fact that she made her own, she had her own mind yeah. and that she, he loved her, because of her mind, the way that she thought about different things. And so all that portion was really, really dope. And that conversation that we, you know, we've been walking into right now was, uh, was really dope as well.
2: One thing that I saw in her, in her, her book or diary um, that she had written that I just thought was super powerful said, am I a bad motherfucker or am I just a bad mother? And when you when you took the context of the conversation that they were having about mortality and about her uh, getting ready to deliver this baby in the coming months or or weeks at that point, And you start thinking about it and it's like, yo, yeah, we live in this righteous ass freedom fighting ass movement for sure. I'm a bad motherfucker. But at the same time, I got a kid coming. I need to live for my child. And it's like it's a line, it's a fine line. I'm sure a lot of those women had to draw.
0: You think you gonna be a bad mother?
2: Whew. they got to he, acting.
0: He act. He he seemed so. He sounded like Queen and Slim in that movie. He I mean, did. In that in, in that, that moment. That moment. I was like, oh, that's Queen and Slim. They got to acting, dog. You notice that neither one of them answered the questions Mm-mm. that they that they asked each of each other.
2: Mm. And she said. He said he feels like he can protect his people, even in prison. And she said the people will have to protect our son, <sighs> nigga, because you living for the people, you would die by the people, you will die for the people. But our son, them people got to protect us.
0: Man, he made a he made a comment was like, um, he said he get his life to the people, and um, essentially when he went to prison he had to give his life up because yeah to be inside of there i know they didn't show a lot of it like you you would you, would ch- you change as yeah. a person and you got to like i don't got you got to be like i don't got nothing to live for in there because any day he was like who would she have known change. that the day i came out i would have had everything like i gave my life away literally literally and then the day i get out i find out i got every reason to live yep man man like man. how do you do both right i i mean for a long time mm-hmm. nigga i thought the world was gonna end in 2012 i wouldn't have no fucking kid <laughs> 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 like and then i was like yo this world is so fucked up like for for it wasn't until relatively recently that i was like wow I, I, at some point i do want to have a child like yeah. i literally was like no yeah because this place is so fucked up yeah. what would i and what i think and what i thought the world was gonna be like why would i bring a child into this yeah if i think we're gonna be on some if things are gonna be drastically different like how am I be maneuvering around through the through the drastically different world with a two-year-old yeah well you know what i'm saying i'm like and why would i do that this is a really fucked up and so when she asked that opposed that like i'm look what i'm doing yeah that's a that's a valid ass fucking question what added to the weight of it was we found out his appeal got denied
2: so he was going back to jail and now he got to serve that time. He got that five years. He got to serve it. And once you throw that in there, knowing that now, because you got out and you having this kid and, and it's on the way and you got something to live for. Then you find out you got to go back in. So you may or may not even be around for the birth of your for son. For ice cream, my nigga. For ice cream. Five years. You can't give me probation. But what kind of, what kind of set the beginning of the end up. So when Mitchell learns that the appeal got denied. Him and his partner, another agent, they called Jay Egger hype. They lit. They say, Yo, Mr. Hoover, that nigga going back to jail. He got to do five years. We got him. We did it. That's what they said. We did it. And Jay Egger said, Prison made Huey Newton famous, prison made Eldridge Cleaver a best selling author. From Algiers, prison is a temporary solution. Y'all do with that what y'all will, nigga. I don't give a fuck, because they like, why you ain't hype? Like, ain't this what we wanted? It's
0: temporary, dog. The fact that you calling the director of the FBI to give him news is kind of wild,
2: right? He said, they like, yo, two hours ago, his appeal got denied. That nigga said, I know.
0: Two hours, nigga. I'm Jay Edgar. I'm
2: J. Edgar Hoover, nigga. Fuck you want me to do with that info? Did y'all get him yet?
0: Y'all ain't make the uh, the FBI change the name of the uh, building to J.F. Hooker building. Y'all want to oh, man. Man. go that route? Y'all want to protest down there? <laughs> y'all want to storm that? <laughs> man. So then that's when
2: Mitchell met up with Bill again. He asked him to provide him with a blueprint of Fred's apartment. Say, yo, you been down in his apartment, right? Like, nigga, why don't you? Here go a piece of paper. Draw that up for me. I need to know where his room is. Draw the whole shit up.
0: So on. How much is this a movie? Well, we don't know the answer. Yeah. To this. Was there a okay? Here we go. Yeah. Or was there a? Oh man, y'all need to do this. Like, yeah. who the fuck knows? Don't know. Um, I I would imagine because
2: I always thought like I didn't know until I started really digging into the details that the apartment was technically a five bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't realize that. So when I knew of this story initially, I kind of always thought of it like. Yeah, like, why the fuck did they need a blueprint out of apartment? Like, I get you might want to know exactly where the bedroom is, but I'm like,
0: like But you know what they did though? Mm-hmm. They rebuilt the apartment mm-hmm. and they trained to in the Go exactly in there how they went in there. Yeah.
2: But initially, all I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, they in like a one, two bedroom apartment upstairs, a little well, flat.
0: What they doing? I'm not sure if y'all listen listeners know, but based on his drawing. And typically what they do like in the military mm-hmm. like when they in the, when they went to get Osama bin Laden they figured out where he you was at. You recreate it. You recreate it mm-hmm. and you train in that location. So yep. I even if the lights is out, I know where every hey. crook and cranny. You know what I thought was interesting? Hmm. Um in the in the night that this shit happened when Bill was there, did you notice him walking and seemed like he was counting steps? Mm, like I he did. went all the way from the back all the way to the front to the front door. It took pay. like thirteen steps. Like at this particular point, though, that it would have already been written out. Yeah, but I don't know if that was something that they was they was working with in the yeah. movie. But like he walked across the room a couple of times for no uh, no apparent reason. It was mm. like he was very like Are yeah. you counting? And steps?
2: I mean, it could have been just pacing. But to your point, could have been like making sure, like, oh shit, I hope I gave him the right drawing. Because Mark
0: Clark, mm-hmm. when, when he was like, it was like he got like the thirteenth step because like. They showed him enough for me to count. I could count thirteen steps. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like, so was that your little? I don't know how that, I don't know how that was. But yeah. Mark Clark was like, "Hey, he's from Peoria. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Illinois too, yep. right? Yep. Um, but like, I thought that was interesting. Once he finished, cause once he finished, stopped counting, so to speak, is when Mark started talking to him. Mm. And like, "Hey, I'm. How you doing? Yeah. And um, I thought he was fucking his count up. He was like, "Yeah, I'm. He basically said, "I'm not even. I'm not even a part of this shit." Mm. like you think about joining he's like what what chapter what are you he's like yeah. i'm not in like, okay you think about joining brother with good right on yeah hey, nigga you the fucking head of security I'm literally
2: the head of security for this chapter that you visiting and learning about yeah but all that shit was fake yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. he wasn't there that night yeah so i read i read several so i read he wasn't there that night then i read he had dinner with them early like early, like before the gathering that we know okay. about, I read that he had dinner with them early and went to the crib. So I, again, I don't, I don't know what to believe. But either way, he wasn't with them when it got raided. Like because I read an account he left at six o'clock. I read another one that he left at one a.m. And that when he left at one a.m., that's when the cops started setting up. Mm. So I don't Who fucking knows? know. I, I, it's kind of weird, but either way, um. Oh, and and let's talk about the the very low key. Scene, because even though this scene was like, again, we don't know how much is fact or fiction. I thought it was a powerful scene within the film with Lil Rel when they was at the bar. So he has this meeting with Mitchell, uh, Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neill tells him, "Yo, draw up a fucking map of this nigga's crib. I need a blueprint." And he asked him straight up. He said, "What, what, what you need that for?" And he was like, "You got him. You won. He going back to jail. What more do you want?" And then he looked him in the eye and he said, "Are you gonna kill him, Roy?" And Roy ain't say shit. He's just, hey, nigga, draw up this map like I asked you to. So he told him, basically, fuck you, I ain't doing it. He go to the bar.
0: Every time him and Roy met, his clothes was different. Facts. He got One richer, of the times, he had richer. on a
2: badass suit. I yeah. said,
0: goddamn, nigga. And okay. this time, he had the glasses. Yeah. Roy, it. it's like, he was still, Roy
2: told him, to take him a goddamn glass. Put some respect on me, boy. He went to his house, yeah. how he made. Start drinking scotch and shit. Um. So he goes to the bar. And while he at the bar, he's sitting there, and it's like you sitting there contemplating. That was the the look of emotion that he was giving off. Like, should
0: I do this? Like, this is fucked up. How deep am I into this? But was well, so so this only thing because when he sat at the table, he gave him a pen and pad and watched him write. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm like, yeah. so it's
2: like, yeah, did you do it or did you not want to do it? Like, what the fuck, nigga? But he at the bar, and this Lil Rel is there. Lil Rel looks like he might be a pimp. He dressed like a pimp and he talking to this woman. The woman ain't paying that nigga no mind. So she leaves Lil Real, goes over to Bill O'Neill. She go to Bill O'Neill. She start talking to him. She like, what do you do? He like, I used to work for the FBI. Why would you say that? Fam, that's literally not how you lead a conversation, my nigga. You know, you know, it's a secret too. like my nigga. You were an literally, you were an anonymous informant for the FBI. Used to though? And you just came from there, nigga. You said that like it was 10 years ago and you retired.
0: Nigga, you got on the same clothes. Yeah, nigga. My nigga,
2: you literally <laughs> just came from the FBI restaurant over here to this bar. So he like, I used to work for the FBI. She bust out laughing like, well, order me a drink, Elliot Ness. I'm about to go to the bathroom. So when she walks off, Lil Rel came over to him. Oh, he let niggas in the FBI now? And it was like, ha, ha, you crazy. Then that nigga was like, Agent Mitchell told me about you.
0: Well, no, he was, he was, he kind of like... Leave me the fucking know, you know, a little beef or some shit. He
2: was like, when he told him, Agent Mitchell, he, he told me about you. Nigga looked at him like, who the fuck is you? And that nigga said, look, that don't even matter. What I want you to do, I got this newspaper article I want you to read. And he was like, I want you to have the chairman take a look at it. And when he slid the paper over to him. He lifted up to the article, and it was that little vial of, of drugs down there. That was that the drug that they used to make the chairman sleepy. And so he like he looked that little real like, what the fuck, dog? Like who the fuck is you? Like what is this? And that nigga say, look, man, just do what I instructed you to do and put that in his drink. That's it. And it's like,
0: dog, I just thought about something. Was it? Hmm. So the the video I was watching Uh about somebody wondering who drugged him and wonder who 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 spiked his Kool Aid. Mm -hmm. How the fuck niggas know his Kool Aid was spiked?
2: Mm. As opposed to food, as opposed to like how do
0: how you know the Kool Aid specifically was spiked? Yeah, because it was that's a thing that his somebody spiked his Kool Aid,
2: man. And the thing was, he was so he was so heavily drunk. By the time they raided, he was so knocked out, like he was unconscious. Like you listen to all Deborah Johnson's accounts from the shit. You reread all her accounts. She like, fam, he didn't budge during the shooting. She said one time he kind of lifted up, but then he dropped right back down. But she was like, his eyes never opened that whole time. So it's like, fam, he been out, so he ain't tell y'all. Someone's in my drink. I don't know who had it in the drink. Who knew it was in the drink?
0: And why was it a drink?
2: Was it a drink?
0: I thought it was interesting. Um, uh, I have no idea what this means. Mm-hmm. Um, but Deborah was talking, and um, she was referring to, she was like the person that was in the room with us or came out and said this i'm like who the fuck is the person Mm. like what does that mean Mm. (laughs) like i don't i I thought that was weird it's very strange why isn't everybody like i thought everybody who was there is like a I i don't know did you ever
2: read her um or or hear or read her saying uh, talking about when bill o'neill died no so she said um that she said a lot but the thing that caught me most she was like she went there with all intention to walk dead up to his casket and get everyone's attention and spit on this nigga's body. She said that was her intention. I had thought about it for days leading up to his funeral. And she said when she got there and she walked up to the casket, this is still my plan. And she said she looked at him and he didn't look like the bill she knew. And she was talking about how he looked like he was literally tormented for however many years it had been till he died. She said his dead body looked unlike what she knew. And she said she was so caught off guard, she said it out loud at the funeral, like to herself. But niggas in her earshot could hear her. And she said, God, that don't even look like him. And she was like, somebody else at the funeral was like, nah, that look exactly like him. And she was like, it just threw her off so much she couldn't do it. Because it was like, oh shit, I looked at him and in that moment I couldn't even fucking, I was so angry and then in that moment I saw in his dead body I could feel and see how much that nigga had been through. Like it was all that torment was all in his fucking dead body.
0: Like I wonder, I know the movie plays a role in how we think they were close. Yeah. I wonder how close they were.
2: Yeah. yeah, And that's, again, going back to wondering. Because he said, I had no allegiance to him. Yeah, but it's like, yo, are you saying that publicly in this interview just to act like you were some cold-hearted nigga
0: or you some fucking spy
2: or yo were you really as tormented as the suicide might and the two prior suicide attempts might allude to never know dog shit is crazy he not here dead man tell no tales he not here i wonder what his kids think i don't know did they what Watch the movie? I don't know. Shit. The, he was married when he uh, when he first went to WITSEC. He had his first wife. He got married twice. Um, the first wife left because she was tired of being in witness protection. I wonder what she thinks about that nigga. Because you went to witness protection with him. So you was there when he got outed as a rat.
0: Like, fam, it's been, t- like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. 20 years is a long time. Factuals. But he died at 40. Mm. I ain't 40 yet. Yeah. I remember high school really vividly, and that was 21 years ago. You know yeah. what I'm
2: saying? Like, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Shit is wild. So um he has that convo with Lil Rell in the bar. He leaves out, he fucked up. Lil Rell trying to dip. And he runs up on Lil Rel's car when he's getting ready to pull off. Where, show me a badge. Show Knock me on me the bad. window. He like, man, you the FBI? And the nigga said, nah, man.
0: Don't worry about who I am. He
2: like, man, if you FBI, show me your badge. So Lil' Real cracked that window. He kept saying,
0: show me a badge. badge. Show me a badge. Show me a badge.
2: So he said, okay. So he pulled a fucking badge out, handed it to him. It was closed up like a wallet or some shit. And he unfolded that wallet. And it was that fake badge he had been using from the beginning.
0: As soon as he unfolded that wallet, it was kind of like, um... (laughs) I ain't
2: gonna lie. I out loud said... Oh shit. That was a cold piece of direction
0: that, right there. That, the, it was that Shaka music did, that music did change. As soon as yeah. it came, it was like
2: tum, tum, tum. man, Shaka. I, that one moment I was like, damn, dog, like that was a that was some cold directing, man. And then that fateful night, we there. They they skip forward to um to Fred Hampton's apartment. Everybody over there, they having dinner, they kicking it, they having a good time. Initially, they talking about him escaping and the possibility of him escaping.
0: Out of depth.
2: The The street leader of the Crowns came over, handed him some money, said, hey, nigga, we collected this for you. Nigga. Do what you need to. Get the fuck out of town.
0: Yeah. Like, nigga... We ain't gonna make yeah. fun of you, like and get man, the fuck on. Nigga.
2: They telling them about Eldridge Cleaver. Hey, he went over to to Algiers.
0: Nigga, you can be in Cuba tomorrow.
2: They, they like, man, we can't. They talking about uh, Deborah, like she pregnant. What's she gonna do, fam? They could be in Cuba in twenty four hours. You can go to college, to and pre- they like, the well, he'll be safer in Algiers, man. You know how long it will take us to get him to Algiers? They like, well, we got safe houses along the way down south. You want to be, and then Fred cut them all off. And he grabbed that money, that envelope that the that the crowns gave me. He say, "Yo, y'all doing all this talking about getting me to Algiers when y'all need to be talking about how y'all gonna build this medical clinic, Jake Winder's medical clinic. Google it. Stay focused. And guess what? I love how they even again someone else they didn't show a lot about in the movie, but he was he was very important in real life." Um, I think Doc, Doc, I want Doc Stevens. It was something, but Doc is really who started the medical clinic and Fred gave him the money and, and said, said,
0: name it after Jake.
2: And he said, I want you to lead it and name it after Jake. So they remember him.
0: So his moms wouldn't understand that name has a different legacy. And hold up. Cause I, I love what he said specifically. I wrote it down. He said, uh,
2: he gave him the money. He said, I want you to run the clinic and name it after Jake so that when they hear, the, when they hear his name, they think about healing and love. Cool. And that was a powerful fucking statement, dog. Because his mama wanted that man's legacy to be different. Mm. She wanted it to be what it was, not what he did in that one moment. But what he did as a whole and what he fought for, what he stood for. And they having these conversations, they have a good night, but we never actually see the moment that he ingests this this drug, right?
0: No, they show uh, old boy leaving. Uh huh. um, And then Bobby Rush, he got up out of there. Then Bill come over there, all crying, looking and shit,
2: looking upset. He looking like, and I was like, why didn't nobody question that in the
0: movie? Yeah, he like, what's up, nigga? I guess he
2: because pr- he was over there flirting with his girl, like kind of having this jovial moment. Yeah. Then this nigga come over there emotional.
0: Well, maybe because you about to go to jail tomorrow hey. or something. Yeah. but he like, uh, I'm about to get some drink. You want me to? You want to refill?
2: If a nigga asks me like that, I don't want to refill. I'm cool. I'll get my own. Don't you worry about it. Because you being weird right now. But the assumption is that,
0: and be perfectly honest, don't ever hand me a drink.
2: Yeah, I don't need my niggas grab my drinks. I'm
0: always gonna drink myself, and yeah. I'm gonna pour my liquor myself too. I don't, yeah, I want
2: especially you. at a party. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Mm-mm.
0: But can be
2: assumed that he gave him that drink, and that he drank it because the next thing you know, we in the dark, and we don't realize initially that Fred is in there knocked out, literally, um, from this drug. So we start to see shadows and hear things, right? Because uh, what's his name was sitting in the front. Uh, Mark Clark. Mark Clark sitting in the front. He got the rifle. He's sitting in the chair. He realizes, yo, am, am I hearing some niggas coming up scared? Like, what am I hearing? And then he starts realizing the shadow. So he starts waking folks up, like, yo, look at this. Look at this. Somebody coming up here. And then they knock on the door.
0: Man, I got to remember that these was all kids, man. Because yeah. this is not how you handle the situation. No,
2: not at all. Not at all. Because when they knock on that door,
0: you don't talk from in front of the door,
2: money. He stands directly in front of it in the movie and says,
0: Hey, who up pow. Then niggas come to the front, they came to the back. <laughs> and it was four black cops in real life that yeah. was in that room too. Yep. Uh in in the raid too, that was just shooting the fuck yeah. up.
2: And um to to the point of there being four black cops, uh Deborah Johnson's account and some of the other uh members who were in there, their account. They weren't dressed like cops. Mm -hmm. So when you send four black ones in there specifically. Murder squad. And y'all needed them to look like. To be in the neighborhood. I I need you to look like they should be at this crib. I need y'all to look like y'all belong in this neighborhood. I need y'all to look like y'all would go to Fred Hampton Crib. Like, I need y'all to look a certain way. So no uniforms, no nothing. I need y'all to look like you belong to the people we finna go up there and kill.
0: Now, in this movie, they made sure they was all white. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they was dressed in, some of them was dressed in street clothes. Yeah. They made them look like they was Italian or some but shit.
2: Yeah, they all had a trench coats and looked mad mafia, Dick Tracy-ish. And uh, they came in there and they came in there blasting. And real life and in the movie, Black Panthers got off one bullet.
0: They said- um, one bullet could possibly be from them. It wasn't one bullet wasn't
2: from one of the registered police weapons. That's all we know. One bullet.
0: The other ninety-nine. <laughs> Niggas really got the drop on them. Came from the cops. Yeah. They were I don't believe that they knocked on the door and somebody said, Hello, and they no, they came in that bitch and they just yeah. shot that bitch the fuck up. So I read they probably had a fucking key.
2: Yeah. I read that they opened the door and Mark was sitting right there in that chair. And when they opened the door, they shot him dead. Like, soon as the door opened, like he ain't even have a chance to react, it was kicking the door. Pow! First nigga we saw because you sitting in front of the door because he was on watch. He was on guard. Um, but again, who knows? But they came in there spraying, they shot up everything. Thank God to this day they didn't hit Deborah. I don't see how that didn't happen, but thank God, because they were shooting all up and through. I mean, you've seen the pictures. You see the wall. And she jumped on top of chairman to cover him, to protect him, to guard him. Thank God she ain't get hit. Thank God her child ain't get hit in her belly. Because, boy, that could have went so much worse, dog. And then with all them bullets, they still didn't hit nothing in that room. Wounded a couple others, but didn't hit nobody in that room. So they came in there. They got Deborah Johnson in the movie and in real life. I like how they depicted it. Just how she said it happened. Exactly how she said it happened. Said they came in there. They lifted her her dress, saw she was pregnant and said, hey, we got a broad in here.
0: And um, she said she didn't want to see them Mm -hmm. do what they did. Um, Wouldn't turn around. After they did what they did, she wouldn't turn around and look. So she didn't even know if. Yeah. But the whole time she said, Fred
2: never opened his eyes.
0: I think Fred I think he got hit a couple of times before they went in there. before the two the final two yeah so uh after he they, was because they just sprayed
2: yeah literally that wall looks insane like the wall behind his bed go Google if y'all haven't go Google the images from Fred Hampton. go to YouTube assassination because right?
0: what they did was which I thought was dope. so the Panthers for two weeks afterwards mm-hmm. they left the crime scene open. And they let the neighborhood come through guided tours to show them what the police actually did and what the crime scene actually looked like Mm. because Mm. they lied and said it was a shootout between them and the police. So for two whole weeks until they shut that bitch down on December um, 17th, yeah, They let the whole neighborhood, they got video of people walking in and walking out, adults, children, the whole nine. They're saying, make sure y'all don't touch nothing, leave everything exactly how it is. And they wanted y'all to see where all the blood and shit was, yeah. all the holes was. So what the government and what the people did, they took pictures and then they circled every time there was a nail uh, um, knocked inside of a wall. They circled that shit as a bullet hole. Like mm. see the parents, they were shooting back at us. They said no. Look at all these exit wounds, interest rooms, and see where they all them bullet shots was was directed at. They yeah. knew exactly where his room was at, mm-hmm. and they shot that shit up from everywhere they was at. They were shooting at that room, so all the rooms in between got hit. And But they let the people yeah. come in from the neighborhood for two whole weeks and, and let people see, no, this is what the
2: fuck they did. Yeah, hey, And that's the... So again, reading back um, in the Chicago Reader, one of the accounts of that next morning from Bill O'Neill's uncle, Bill O'Neill's uncle literally said, "I went with my nephew the next morning to Fred Hampton's apartment." Obviously, looking back on it, that's some sick shit that your your nephew would take you back in there, knowing what happened. But he said, "I went with him," and he was like, "I looked in his face, and later, once I found out how he was involved in all this shit." He said, I remembered the look on his face when we went there that next morning. And he was like, that look was, I did not know that this shit would go here. It's possible. He it's didn't. possible. Because, again, you still talking about at that time, he 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 started when he, he was 17. Him, this three years later, he 20.
0: He gave him the um the blueprint in sometime in November. Yeah. And that shit happened December in December 4th. So they had a long time to practice. Yeah. But he may not have known. Yeah. That, that in the movie, they was like, yo... Uh, what are y'all going to do? Are you going to kill him? I don't know. At 20
2: years old. And again, we don't know shit about Bill O'Neill's education. We don't know shit about.
0: I don't know. I don't know what kind of information Bill was giving him.
2: Yeah. Was it so like. Shit. I don't know what kind of information they were giving Bill. Well,
0: what, what I mean is he had nine informants. Mm hmm. That was inside. That infiltrated the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Or was a part of that.
2: That Chicago faction.
0: Bill fight. was the one that gave them the, the the drawing. Yeah. I don't know if he's the one that gave them him all the important information. Yeah. Because nine is a lot. Nine is a whole lot. Nine is a whole lot. Nine. But it's also um, same amount. It was it was seven others and with Malcolm.
2: So that day, yeah,
0: Malcolm got killed.
2: Yep. So I think back to a show that I mentioned on this pod, a uh, a. Uh, 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 Few different times. But I think back to that show, The Following, that was on Fox. And one thing that the the head of that cult in The Following, one thing that he did was, fam, everybody that I'm using and everybody that I have sort of in place pretending to be this when in real life they're a like killer and mass murderer and a cult member and all. Everybody has a purpose. So when you got nine informants in this faction, I don't know that Bill O'Neill was your main informant or it was his whole purpose to get close to Fred, learn that apartment, and give me this layout. While somebody else's purpose might have been get close to the chapter members, learn the fucking headquarters, and help me out over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody had a purpose. So when you got nine informants in there, I don't know that Bill O'Neill was necessarily the one that gave them everything they needed to do what got done.
0: Yeah. And I don't know that he was not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We
2: just not, don't know. It's just factually we don't know. But he's the name that we know because he's the one that got outed. Um, which also made me think when I saw that uh, they said in 73 he got outed as an informant. I was like, what happened to the other ones? How many more was it? Like, how, didn't, how did he get outed and no one else did? Like what? Was that intentional?
0: Well, it could have been because you know how COINTELPRO Pro came. How we find out there was mm-hmm. CoIntel Pro? Some uh, some people broke into an FBI building mm-hmm. and, and and found all the files. Yeah. So COINTELPRO Pro wasn't on some yo. We let y'all know yeah. later. No nigga, we they broke in it, the building and, and and stole all the files. COINTELPRO Pro was happening illegally as fuck.
2: So. This wasn't just some shit that they was like out there with. It was it was supposed to be a whole clandestine fucking fucking movement. But anyway, man, uh, we had a three twenty five. All right, we wrapped this up, man. The the murder, the assassination happened in the film, and I like that it kind of ended shortly after. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of felt. It stayed in that emotion by ending as quickly as it did after the shooting, right? So um, they go back to that, that scene from the beginning, but this time using a real Bill O'Neill. And they show him this time. And now we get to see exactly who was involved in this. And they show that clip and then from Eyes on the Prize 2. And then they go to black. They fade to black. And then they let us know. This shit aired on Martin Luther King Day, January 15th, 1990. He killed himself later that day. (laughs) And, And for those who I know I mentioned, he attempted suicide twice before. So he actually had run out on the freeway the same way he got killed. He tried September of the year prior. He ran out on the freeway, got hit by a car, but was only injured. Didn't get killed. Then the night he killed himself, he tried to jump out the window, but his uncle caught him. And he saved him. He grabbed him. He wrestled him in, got him to the ground, but then he ran from his uncle once they got back on the floor and shit kind of calmed down. Got up, he jetted out the crib, ran out onto the freeway again. This time he got hit by a car, but he ain't survived.
0: Well, oh well, well.
2: That's a wild way to commit suicide, by the way. Um, and that was the end of of Bill O'Neill. And 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 that was the end of his story. Again, tormented and possibly rightfully so by your involvement in breaking down essentially blacks in the inner city Chicago, because dog, you took down one of the most powerful things happening in that city at that time and potentially ruined one of the most powerful. Um, had they linked up with all the, the different factions that they planned on linking up with, like you ruined a potential movement that could have changed Chicago for a long time, bro. And you ruined it. And I could see that eating at you to the point that you don't want to let them work. Fuck them. Hey, final thoughts, man, on the film.
0: A great movie, um, highlighted, um, the genius of, uh, Fred Hampton, um, gave a highlight into the Chicago black Panther party. Um, they really was more about more than just, um, leather, and, and violence Yeah. Um, more more than just free lunch it was about uniting um poor people across the country um and putting them together like when martin luther king tried to switch to the poor people's campaign and, and get everybody together and not just black assassinated yeah when martin i mean when when malcolm um embraced the full version of Islam and was like, okay, I'm going to deal with some white folks. We need to get everybody together. Killed them. Um, and then when Fred Hampton was mobilizing everybody in the city, trying to get everybody together on the same accord, killed him. Yeah. More of the story is try to bring these people together. They try to separate you.
2: Facts. Um, I thought the movie did an amazing job at humanizing Fred Hampton. And humanizing the Black Panther Party And highlighting all the good That they did I thought the movie did an amazing job At telling two stories That so many young people And old did not know I know plenty of people I had some of my most militant Pro-black friends hit me and said Dog I feel ashamed That I did
0: not know this story Prior to this film getting marketed So, So now go listen to the real story Go do your do your due diligence and, and just go spend some time on YouTube.
2: Do your research. Um it's it's a ton of information out there. It's a ton of old articles out there, it's a ton of interviews out there. There's a book, literally, um, again, the assassination of Fred Hampton. All of this is available to you, and now that the, the movie is out there, follow up. And, and go learn the actual story, man. But excellent job by all involved. Salute to Shaka King. Salute to all the actors in the film. I, I just think this was an amazing job. Salute to Ryan Coogler producing it. Um, I'm very, very excited about this film because I think that this film could lead to a lot of other stories being told. Because if nothing else, it showed that, yo there are some controversial black people on both sides of the coin right because this side was about a controversial revolutionary and Fred Hampton and a controversial informant and in Bill O'Neill but no matter how controversial there are black stories out there that have not been told and that still need a platform so I'm happy to see it excited to see what's next shout out to everybody involved man Um, Let us know what y'all think. Follow us on the socials at This Week in Culture. We appreciate y'all rocking with us for this episode. This Week in Culture, episode 145. We out.